Blog Talk Radio. What's going on? This is the man of the hour, Leo Rush, the 24-year-old piece of gold himself, and you are officially listening to Russell Cast Radio. Mr. Young, I'd like to get a training update from you. Life coach training has been great. I ran five miles today. As your life coach, I don't allow you to run. But coach, I got to get my cardio in. What am I supposed to do? Walk. Walk, walk. Walk briskly. Walk briskly. So you don't want me to ever run? Maybe. Just maybe if you miss the bus. I stopped running in 1978. (laughs) Wow, that was way before I was born. But I've got your car keys here. And it's going to take you eight hours to walk to the next town. Eight hours? Coach, why are you... Hey, dig deep. If you get there too fast, I'll know you ran. I'm here to set the record straight today. I want to tell everybody in WCW why I was called terrorizing. I was brought here as a boy from France to be educated in the best schools in the United States. And I got that name by beating up all the American punks in the schools. I was given the nickname Terrorizing. Well, now I am no longer a boy. I am Jean-Paul Levesque, the greatest professional wrestler in the world today. Remember the name Jean-Paul Levesque. There's a lot of things going on in the World Wrestling Federation right now. And yes, the Red Rooster wants to get his claw right in the middle of it and stir it up a little bit. A lot of people have been saying, what's been going on, Rooster? Well, everything's going on. The World Wrestling Federation is number one. And yes, the Red Rooster's trying to claw his way to the top of this federation. There's a lot of great talent around here, and I'll tell you why. Because the fans are the greatest. I thank each and every one of you Rooster Boosters, because with your support and my Rooster Wing Hold, I don't feel like there's a guy here that I can't beat. UConn John Nord, his partner Scott Norton, and I'll tell you what, UConn, you made quick work at a big spike. Hey, let's set up. My partner... Scott Norton, I'm going to tell you a story. We was up in the Yukon. We got up early one morning, and we was chopping trees and chopping wood. And Big Scott had got to the lumber shack before us. And everybody knows what lumberjacks eat. They eat a lot of pancakes. My name is Thurman Plug, but my brand's... They call me Sparky. You call me Sparky, too. I never really worked with Hulk Hogan that much. I don't know him that well. I know you guys did in WCW. What can you tell me about the Hulk? You mean personally? Yeah, personally. Well, Mick, I didn't date him. I don't know anything about personally, but... I'm in control here, and you're going to give me what I want. You know what it is. Give me what I want. You know what I want. I've been asking for it for years. You're going to give me what I want or I'm going to continue to hurt people you love. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. Ladies and gentlemen, Randy Bryant. The last two long years is finally over. It's been a long, long wait. You're going down this time, Bill. You're going down. We'll be back.
Dan, we are back. And dear God Almighty, was there a lot of wrestling in the last three to four days? Alex, how are we doing, good sir? Ooh, it's a whirlwind of delight uh, from the square circle, that's for me, oh, for sure. Uh, I think wrestling from did every country, you? Did you lose me? Um, or wrestlers from every country, we, we see this, this past weekend. What, like, <laughs> I think 17. We may have lost Alex here. Uh, his excitement from everything that we have seen of the G1 may have blew his head off, uh, as it has done to mine. We'll do tonight's show. There has been wrestling on wrestling weekend, on wrestling on wrestling to the point we have another show tomorrow afternoon. Whoa, hey, he's back. I didn't catch So everything you said wasn't on the air. What? <laughs> you said, oh, and then you were gone until you went, I don't know why I said that. That was the last thing we heard. Man, that was such an awesome intro. No, I said it was a, a crazy weekend in, uh, of the Squared Circle. We we probably have seen wrestlers from almost every country, um, you know, with every <laughs> show that we watch and probably had, uh, I think I tried to count, but my mind got a little leery. 17 hours of wrestling watch in the last two and a half days. Whew. And, and I've yet to watch what, what, well, what's, what's crazy for me is I still got a show and a half of G1 to watch. There's another one tonight. So yeah. well, tomorrow we have a little breathing room for uh, nights five through seven. Yes, that week. is true. <laughs> I, was, I was glad we got a little room uh, tomorrow afternoon, sometime around two o'clock, two, two thirty or so. But we're going to shoot for two. Um, all depends on if my kid's being an asshole or not. Um, we'll be on nights two, three, and four from the G1. We're going to get those watched for you. Uh, talked about, but tonight we're talking AEW's fight for the fallen, WWE Extreme Rules, and DDT's wrestling Peter Pan 2019. Three shows that I actually enjoyed all three of them. I can't believe I can say that about every one of them. Um, one, I was surprised I, I, when I actually gave it. Um, one of them it was pretty good, a little bit. There was, it was okay. Um, and one of the shows, I mean, Alex, you know what I'm talking about. I, I may have this in my show of the year contender. Um, hopefully you know what I'm talking rules? about. Really? <laughs> wow. I mean, it was a good show. I mean, it best probably the WWE <laughs> produced this year, right? This, Extreme Rules is probably the best pay-per-view this company has done in a couple of years, I'd say. I think, wow. I, but, so, um, all three of my, my overall grades were fairly good. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, I think, would have been higher had it not had so many matches, 13 to be exact, and one might have been a little lower had it not only had seven matches. So, Kind of, kind of different, different around. Being in the the time honored tradition we've started to do, where I've kind of enjoyed these things uh, of of a good formula. We got three shows to review, Alex. I got the averages. Do you want to start with the lowest rated or go with the highest rated to kick off tonight? Um, I think we should probably go the lowest rated and work our way up and on top. Right? Yeah, just because. <laughs> I think that one we're whew. I don't know that's tough though because I think there's a lot more to talk about uh well let's just say spoiler alert uh from, from the show in Japan that's not uh G1 climax uh that's whew, that's tough man I I'd say let's go low because I'm I'm to hear 
uh, who, what you have as as uh, kind of the the third show of the weekend. So my my numbers th- and and this is how close they were. My number three show had a three point one three overall rating, and my number two show had a three point two one. So very close together, very close together. The only difference was the one that had the higher of the two with the three point two one only had seven matches. Uh, three point one three overall. We're opening with extreme rules tonight. Um, I graded oh. it off of ten matches. Not eleven because I didn't count the main. Ev- I didn't count the 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 final thing that we saw. No one um, wants to count the main event. Come on. Exactly. So uh, ten matches essentially average three point one three. If you were to tell me a WWE show would average over three stars a match, I would have laughed at you and said, "What is this? Like two thousand, like two thousand two or something, or two thousand three or you know around WrestleMania nineteen twenty around that time." This was a fun show, man. <laughs> I'm 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 pleasantly surprised with it. Um, did you watch the pre-show uh, since we had spoke? Um, I didn't get a chance to watch SmackDown uh, in a uh, sort of matchup. I, again, I don't know if the wild card rule, the the superstar shake means anything anymore. But I'm pretty sure uh, the the uh, competitor who was. For Finn Balor's Intercontinental Championship was, uh, but yeah, I guess they're both on SmackDown. Again, what the hell does it mean, you know, week by week? But yes, I did see the Intercontinental match, did not see the 205 Live uh, Championship match, though. Yeah, so I didn't see that. I didn't see the IC as we found out later in the show that uh, suddenly uh, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura is your new IC champion. It was like, oh, that's kind of cool. So we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll take it. Um, but I'm I'm excited. Uh, the show was fun. This was a really fun show. Pull up my my results here. Um, let's just get right into it. And if at any point you want to jump into anything different, just let me know because I'm just gonna start spitballing here as we're going since we're starting a little late and I we got a lot to talk about. And if it's like last week, we're gonna be at the two second mark of hour three going. All right, we'll see you, bye, peace. So. <laughs> Um, opening match, I groaned heavily, Alex. Undertaker and Roman Reigns taking on the team of Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. Uh, the baby faces win via tombstone to Shane McMahon. But Alex, at the end of the match, I went, that was like three and a half stars. Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, it was you know good. why? Because it was a well-paced matchup. It, it, it kind of went to tune to all four competitors, uh, I thought. Anyways, um, Taker looked good. I totally forgot Jetta kind of happened. You know, this was kind of a step in the right direction to, to erase it from my and I'm sure many other people's uh, con- subconsciouses there. Um, you know, we got to see a guitar smash on The Undertaker. We got to see an elbow and a coast to coast to the dead man from McMahon, uh, which I thought was a pretty good spot. Drew McIntyre looked good. In the few spots that he had where it was taken down Roman and or Dead Man as well, possibly setting up something with him, uh, Undertaker at SummerSlam, which I say, bring it on. Uh, but, you know, like, like I said, everything just clicked. Roman Reigns wasn't as annoying. I thought it was great, um, you know, when, when they had that awesome shot. Kudos to the production truck um, to win, you know, Taker 
kind of got up and, and Drew McIntyre, you could see him kind of in the in the background there, just about to attack the Undertaker. Um and essentially he was about to, to give him uh whatever gimmick uh finish that he has, but uh which he did nail <laughs> the Undertaker with uh earlier in the match. But um where Roman Reigns came out of nowhere and speared uh I was about to say Drew Galloway, but uh uh Drew McIntyre and I kind of popped. I said, yeah, that was cool because it was simpatico. And then Taker delivering a stone, which looked great. And uh, you get the one, two, three, like you said, uh, the, the backyard dogs with the win or whatever. <laughs> Trunkyard dogs, whatever the hell they were calling. The graveyard the dogs. Get the t-shirt right, man. The graveyard dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, just kind of looking over, I always try to look at like five, six, seven, eight different websites to see what, how I, I rate matches. By the way, there's a DDT match that I rated really low that apparently out of about 15 websites, I'm the lowest in the history on. And I find it ironic because you skipped the match. If you know which one I'm talking about with the screaming. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Here's a spoiler without saying what it was The general consensus on that has been about Three and a half and I went two stars And that was the lowest match I rated that whole show So I I guess apparently I don't get it And I'm as big of a misogynistic pig as you are But that's okay (laughs) Which I thought, I was like, ah, that's kind of funny I haven't said that in a text before It couldn't even autocorrect when I spelled it wrong But um, Here's my main takeaway that I have from this um, did you watch Raw last week before the pay-per-view? Uh, you know, kind of the fast-forwarding aspects. Okay. So Shane and McIntyre are running around, for those that didn't see it, and they're trying to find Roman's mystery partner. And they find this janitor guy in a mask. And oh, he's yeah. doing some things and blah, blah, blah. And then he, he gets pinned and gets smoked. And they're like, what a dork. You know, this guy's like Yoshihashi in a mask. And they take off the mask, and it's Cedric Alexander, and he's just smiling at him. And I'm I'm thinking to myself, this might be the worst thing I've ever seen on television. And, and, and I say that because if you look on Twitter after Monday, people are going, great angle, Cedric's finally getting his, his rub. This is fantastic. No, people are idiots. There was no rub given. He got squashed. His mask was taken off, and he was smirking at them like a moron. I've never seen a bigger waste. Like, he should have, like, got the victory. That's how you do that angle, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, the guy gets smoked. So I had no hope going into this match that that was the go-home angle. Um, But when it's all said (laughs) and done. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm glad you said that. He wasn't even there. the pay-per-view. When, and it, I knew it was bad when the first thing I see is Shane McMahon comes out and I hear Michael Cole, this is the one night a year when WWE gets extreme. And I'm like, oh, no, here we go. Like, I just knew this is going to be so terrible. And then I'm like, oh, my God, this was good. Um, Jack Beck, Jack Beckman, uh, he's uh, uh, at Packerman120, said maybe the best line I, I think you could say about this. And I and I read I read this sentence as a kind of a positive as you put with that popping on that spear. So we know Michael Cole at the end when he yelled "Big dog strong" and you know did his normal stuff. Um, yep. Jack Jack said I may not feel big dog strong after watching this, but I feel little dog not weak, which is a start. And I hundred percent agree with that. Is you know 
maybe this wasn't as bad and maybe they're starting to go the right direction finally as he got pops during the match. And I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, we're not at that big dog main event, but oh, we, we liked it. It was okay. There was things that we popped for for once. So yep. I think that that's what really made me like this match is this, and this was the best match I've seen Undertaker have since Mania 29, I think. So, I so it's like, comfortable. Okay. Like it yeah. seemed like people were expecting all four of these guys, Sarge McIntyre, to kind of fail because it, what what has been over the last couple of months, <laughs> the hate <laughs> from us smarts on all of these guys. Hell, even Roman Reigns coming back from the leukemia, you know, his treatment of that, you know, still getting you know the the booze you know, consistently. Uh, you know, everybody bashing the Shane McMahon entering himself into the storylines. People afraid of him taking the title away from Kofi Kingston. Save us, Eric Bischoff. And of course, The Undertaker's dreadful comeback, whatever that was, in Jeddah, the payday, the million, multi million dollar oh, payday, uh, you know, from Super Showdown. So, uh, you know, we in all with low expectations, at least us smarts did, and we came up. Uh, at least it sounds like we did uh, with smiles in our faces because they told a compelling match. It wasn't drawn out. And like I said, the first time I popped when Roman Reigns hit a spear. It, it felt like it wasn't like, and maybe I'm wrong on the time this year. I don't know if, if you want to pull up the Wikipedia where they, because they usually time it well. It felt uh-huh. like it was like a nice, like 12 minute match. Yeah, like I, I'm sure it was longer, but it didn't feel like it. It didn't feel like a chore. It felt like they got in, they hit their shit, and got out. And I was like, "Kudos, man! This is awesome. Good job, guys." So, you know, I, I was happy. I was a hundred percent happy. And look, normally I always cringe at all this stuff. When Shane McMahon, um, dragged dragged Taker to the center of the ring. And then Taker sat up and he fell over and he grabbed his leg and pulled him in. I actually popped for that. Did you? <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, and I was like, oh my god, I just popped for hokey shit. And I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> but that's good because we want this to we we want them to be get like we always say they have the greatest roster of of individual talent if you really broke it down I, of any roster. And maybe that they've ever had in their company's history. How are they so bad? You know what I mean? Like, if you think of the names that they have from, like, when you look and Apollo Crews is one of their worst wrestlers, like, that's a problem a lot of companies wish they had. You know what I mean? I'm sure AEW, with as much as they push them, would much rather have Apollo Crews as their pre-match or the buy-in over the freaking the librarian, you know what I mean? Like there's, mm-hmm. there's things to be said and it's like, it's nice to see things that I actually pop for. So I was into it. Uh, second match, we get the raw tag team championship match. The revival via the shatter machine on Jay Uso. I went three and a half again on this tag wrestling as much as I like it. The revival more and more are continuously becoming Arn and Tully, which I've been asking for. And, mm-hmm. I'm scared that WWE is putting it over, like with with their wearing their their shirts hanging out with their chest hair and holding the titles. And every time Graves says it, I go, "Stop mm-hmm. saying that. You're gonna ruin it." I was it. about I was about to say. Uh, I was like, I again popped. I was like, "Hey, Graves is a fan of the show. Uh, totally uh, brought up what Ryan has been saying <laughs> week in and week out." He's hey, hey, he's a he's a he's a he's a fan. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with being a fan. 
We're a fan of his brother, Adonis, from, you know, uh, his stint yeah. with All Japan, but also at Warrior Wrestling. So kudos, kudos. By the way, before we get to the next show, when we finish Extreme Rules, remind me to mention something I saw that All Japan's doing in September that I'm really excited for. So, uh, Are they in but, Hopkins, Minnesota? Oh, Jesus. Don't, don't, uh, don't say that. I might, like, camp out after, like, Kento Miyahara or something. <laughs> what if he's like, hey, do you got a place that crash? What would you? What would you hey say? man, I, I, you you can sleep on the towel you autographed for me, and then like <laughs> when it's time to get up for the show, I will walk in playing your the, you're playing our intro, your intro, and I'll wake you up to it. The and I'll get him. Oh man, what did you think of this match though? Like all in all, kind of going into this tag title. I I just I loved it because it was a classic. Tag- Team wrestling. They were attacking. I always forget which Uso it is, but I'm gonna say Jay. Majority of the match, which I loved because they would just attack the knee, just beat him down, get him in there, you know, in their corner, stomp him, you know, just do whatever they had to do. Um, you know, even when you know they he gets the hot tag there, you know, and I'm thinking, oh no, the Usos are gonna win, you know, get they they get that uh, that double team dive there, but but thankfully Dawson gets some. You know, he, I, I believe he yanks Jimmy out of the out of the ring there, and uh, you know they they like you said the Shadow Machine you know hit for the win there. Again, tag wrestling at its finest. Let it simmer down. Yes, I'm fantasy booking them versus Anderson and Gallows, but that's that doesn't have to be for another year. So I'm fine with that. Uh, you know, kind of keep up uh, with this wrestling. Uh, I don't know if you saw the the uh, tweets from Dawson. Uh, and you know when they they finally uh, showcased that the revival and Usos were facing off each other at Extreme Rules, some fan was like, "Oh, great revival Usos for the 2000th time." And then I believe it was Dawson. It was like, "Actually, we've only fought each other twice before." Because <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, when I saw the announcement, I was like, "Oh, didn't we just this?" But apparently not. That's the WWE psyche that apparently we have. <laughs> that's funny that's funny it was and it, i mean it was good like it was it was a fun little show i said oh, or a fun yeah. little match i said all right you know and th- there was a couple parts that that weren't a hundred percent you know like amazing with everything but when they got going to really close it out i was i was into it i was really yeah. into it um oh piss uh breaking news here maybe uh maybe having a tryout coming up next month in uh in in uh china for the company when they're touring but uh man that i've been clamoring about for a while that i'm excited for that that uh actually is wrestling in ddt on sunday against mao uh jiro eichemann kuroshio sounds like uh wb is going to outpay any company in japan since he has left um wrestle one wow that is breaking news. Ooh. Holy crap. That sucks. Um, yeah, he, he's going to have to get a new gimmick. The Eichmann gimmick is they'll turn him into a guy like No Way Jose or Adam Rose, which would suck. Oh, But God, I, God. apparently he said it's, you know, his dream job is to be champion in a giant, in this, in a giant company in America. So, damn it. That really sucks, too. Um that ties into what I wanted to talk about with the all Japan thing that we can get into um, after, uh-huh. but uh, yeah, 
essentially breaking news. Shoot, that sucks. Damn it. I was really hoping Eichmann was going to go do like a, a New Japan or All Japan run, but oh well. Uh, anyway, what do we got next? Uh, third match, Jeff card, Alistair Black. Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, I was about to say just imagine this next. Uh, Ooh, imagine if Cesaro. I cut you off. Son of a bitch. <laughs> That's my no, fault. I was, to, I was about to say just imagine if Cesaro was in like an All Japan like excursion. Because Cesaro oh. against Alistair Black, of course, he was the one, Cesaro meaning, of course, oh. was the one who knocks and, uh, you know, kind of uh, challenged Alistair Black the, the Tuesday before Extreme Rules. And uh, Ryan, I, I love this match. This is probably, I would say, probably top three of the, of the night for me. Um, just probably even two, just because it was something that set up, you know, something hopefully later on a little bit longer. It was, it was kind of like a, a nice, you know, uh, preview, a tease, if you will, because you know, they were going, you know, full steam, but damn, just imagine you know, if they had AEW time allotment, they went 17, 18 minutes, you know, instead of about nine to 10 minutes there, but uh, Cesaro just uppercuts on uppercuts on uppercuts. No time for the swing, man. And I loved it. Uh, of course, Alistair Black almost, uh, pretty much knocking a Cesaro's block off because holy crap, I thought his head went into the, uh, into the aisle seats there, but this was just a nice, brutal type of strong style approach from, from Cesaro. It was great to see. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, this was my match of the night. I went four and a quarter. I loved every waking minute of it. Um, I thought this was, I thought this was fantastic. Like I was all over how good this match was. Um, you know, as you mentioned, uh, the the uppercuts were were mind blowing. The, uh, the when when he did the springboard uppercut, and <laughs> Alistair Black awesome. hit that knee. Um, and then the 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 fade to black out of nowhere was just perfect. The way he dropped, uh, or Black Mass, excuse me, the way he hit Cesaro yep. out of nowhere. This match was hard hitting. It was everything I would have asked it to do. This had Paul Heyman's hand written all over it. You could tell <laughs> um, with the way it was. My only scare is I hope they don't try to do a Cesaro Sheamus with, angle with these two now. Because when they gave us a match with those guys and everyone's mind were blown. They just put them together. <laughs> it's like, damn it. Which is fine. <laughs> I mean, what what no. would you name that tag team if it was Cesaro and Aleister Black? Assuming mm-hmm. that's what you're talking about. Black Black Cheese Swiss Swiss Mat. Whoa. I, <laughs> um. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't have a good name. What can I say? I don't I'm more offensive uh, that or Bokatan's uh, uh, mask <laughs> that he had. It was Toro Washi because uh, Kazuki wore the same thing to like make him freak out. <laughs> I, oh, dude, I, you, you know, you know. Usually, I don't take the, like take notes like you do. I just kind of, you know, just go off the cusp. I have I have so many notes on this DDT show because I just am glamoring over it. It was so I went three pages. Yeah, it was because you were you know clamoring for uh, Alistair Black Cesaro. I'd say we both uh, agree. If you're kind of, you know, need to watch one match from this card, 
uh, possibly too. We we highly recommend. We give the WrestleCast yep. approval. Uh, Alistair Black, Cesaro, sweet, nice to the point. Uppercuts galore. The sharpshooter on Alistair Black uh, looked painful as all hell. Kudos, kudos. Now the match, the Black yeah. Mass out of nowhere literally yeah. was so perfect because it just came. It wasn't like they didn't build to the move. It was just a mm-hmm. sequence in the match that just happened, and that's why I was like, oh, this doesn't Your happen. Finishers had that impact. Yeah, like, hey, this has got Paul Heyman's handwritten over. Like, and and that's that's the one thing. Like, I've I've been able to tell on Raw what what's Paul Heyman, and uh, what's Vince McMahon, aka Cedric Alexander, getting unmasked and smiling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you could tell the difference. It's man, he made the black guy a janitor. Yeah, that's definitely Vince McMahon. <laughs> uh, keep it up, my. Their CEOs, Vince. Jay Z's a billionaire. Come on. <laughs> And that's one of the things, too, where you could tell, like, the Paul Heyman, and I say it because uh, he always talks about, like, his one thing that he says is, if I would have had Mark Henry when I was running ECW, did you ever hear about this? No. His thoughts? He said, if I ever had a guy like Mark Henry, the thing that I would have done differently to try to make him a superstar that WWE didn't do is they put over his strength. He's bending, you know, he's bending plates and pushing cars and you know he's i mean he's, he's stupid strong blatantly <laughs> seeing plates like superhero level shit or he, he was like bending like i don't even i could just see him bending things but i don't remember what they were it doesn't matter but he was like you know he'd stop a car with it like the car would be running and he would stop it from running like didn't he pull you know, with what, his teeth like a semi truck like with his I, mouth i swear that happened he pulled an airplane with one arm, like he so made a woman like, give birth to a hand. So, I mean, he, <laughs> Paul, <laughs> Paul even said, I would have had Mark Henry grab a headlock and squeeze the guy and have him finish people with that because of how strong he is. And as boring as that is, that's one of the most genius things ever. And I was like, damn. If I saw the world's strongest man squeezing somebody's head and they scream, it's just like the, the Lance Archer claw pin. Like, I would buy that. You know who listened to that? Yeah, I was, never mind. You said it. You know, I was about to say, who obviously listened to that interview, you know, because that's what they're doing with Lance Archer right now. <laughs> Perfect. Um. So, like, and, and that's where I'm going, God, it's just, it's those little, it's the little things in wrestling that get forgotten. And, I mean, he's 100% right. If if you saw, if you didn't know any better and you knew who Mark Henry was, and you saw him squeezing a man to the point he gave up, you'd go, oh, my God. Like, that's messed up. Like, that, he, like, that, that looks real. So, when Aleister Black gets Black Mass out of nowhere and you could see Cesaro's eyes roll back into his head. I was like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. that's it. That's, oh, my God, that was awesome. Like, <laughs> that instantly made me go, wow. So I just, you know, I, that's what I would have. And I, I enjoy putting over these the WWE product because we, we want it to be good. We, we're trashing it out of frustration, I think, more so. And, it, I mean, some of it's laughable, but I think a lot of it is out of frustration because we don't understand how they can be this bad. This was good. This was very good. This was... This was probably top 10 match I watched, you know, all of this weekend. And we would have never put a WWE match on that. And that's, and that's talking when we're comparing it to watching G1 shows, a DDT show, you know, the Bucks and Kenny Omega in a match. Like, 
kudos for this booking. Kudos for this match. Um, and I think you're right. Like after kind of saying that, because Paul Heyman is, you know, a creative genius. Uh, financially, that's another story. But anyways, they went back to the basics on this show. Yeah, we complained last week. Only two matches that are extreme in an extreme rules pay per view, which we we forgot to realize. It's not like an old WCW 1999 theme pay per view where everything was like on a pole or, or whatever you know, crap that they're doing for being too gimmicky. They made the important matches, you know, gimmick. Yeah, not everything was hardcore, but there were stipulations on some of the matches that didn't necessarily mean that you're going to get a kendo stick on a pole match. So, I mean, it, it just, this just seems like, yeah, Paul Heyman's like, we're taking a breather. This will be the show before a reset, you know, on SummerSlam where allegedly him and Bishop are given clean slates kind of going wow. into SummerSlam, which we'll talk to, you know, a little bit after we discuss Extreme Rules, Extreme Rules here, but um, yeah, that's, that's a perfect uh, kind of scenario. God, Tetsuya you know, was just jacked. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Uh, then we get Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross uh, on the losing end of the 2-on-1 handicap. Bailey, the uh, diving elbow to Nikki Cross. I uh, went two and a quarter. I, I was generous because, as you pointed out, you know, and I'm sure you'll get into, was the, the teamwork aspect, which was pretty good. But this match, substance-wise, was not good. I enjoyed I, – I did more just watching Bliss walk around than pay attention to the match, and that just adds to my misogynistic ways this week. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I'm going to get even more misogynistic when I talk about AEW, too, um, which is going to piss – piss people off and piss myself off for one reason that I'll get into later. Forget to uh, tag the right partner. That's all I got to say. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I don't know. What did you, I don't really have anything to say about this match. You want to you want to talk about it or do you want to go to the next one? I, I love the teamwork that Nikki and, and Alexa Bliss had, um, you know, kind of as they were, you know, it's getting Bailey. Yes, uh, Super Bailey came out at the end. Um, but of course, it's building something with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. I'm very happy they didn't go WWE mode and split them up at this show. Obviously leading into something. You know, I don't I think SummerSlam's still a little too early. I think Nikki Cross is that fresh star uh, you know, that has international appeal as well as that could be, you know, a little fun here for the fans state side. Um and I think Alexa Bliss is a perfect person to kind of get her over, you know, if you will. But uh, hey, Bailey, you know, looking strong. What did we say since you came up onto the main roster? Wow, they're booking her horrible. So what we complain where she beat two people, she looked good, she hit the elbow. Hey, that's that's all you need. Get her back to the SmackDown brand. I'm excited for what they have planning uh, for for her next feud in, at SummerSlam. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, it's it's nothing special, but you know, it wasn't bad either. It was a perfectly fine wrestling. And, um, you know, a couple, uh, and that's exactly what I, what consensus I've seen that is like, look, it wasn't anything special. It was perfectly fine, but it's not going to wow you. If, if you really want to nitpick, I've seen people say, being they got to choose the stipulation and they made it a handicap match, why didn't they just make it where they could both be in the match at the same time? Like, so like, I mean, if you really want to get technical, I get it. Um, yeah. But you know, to 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 the be being the fair point, it was it was fine, it was okay. And um, they're emphasizing was, Nikki Cross, which I think is the 
important aspect here. So that's true. If, if that's what they're doing, and I think they're doing it right, putting it on a lot of segments over the last couple of months, you know, with her and Bliss, like I said, Bliss, hey, she's doing her job. Injuries and all, concussions or, or whatnot, you know, that, that she's going through, she's getting her She's still a major character, and she's putting someone over, or at least in the spotlight for the time being. So, hey, kudos to, again, all three. I, I'm all across. So, you know, I'm the more her, I'm happy. <laughs> um, the next match, uh, after reading yeah. the tweet, um, as the match started, gave me another, oh, no, I don't care whatsoever. Um, uh, the tweet was, I love watching people count. The more a wrestling match reminds me of Sesame Street, the better. And I laughed and was like, yeah, WWE's last man standing matches can be really cringeworthy. And then I watched the match, and I went three and a quarter, man. I enjoyed this. The, to be fair to the person who said the Sesame Street line, who had as much faith in this as I did, they went three and three quarters. They went a half star <laughs> higher than me. And, like, and it was one of those things... I mean, and, and it continues with this. It's just the best when somebody challenges the referee to count to 10, and then they put the match on hold to see if he can do it before the guy stands up. I hate the stipulation. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. And then that being said, this was incredibly fun. <laughs> and, and that's exactly my thought. Like, 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 you watch a lot of WWE last man standing matches, and they are the Shinsuke Styles one a year or two ago or whatever for Money in the Bank. I think I gave one of my highest ratings for. I really loved it. But usually these matches are just really bad when WWE does them. They're just mm. but well, boy this was good. Guys. Because yeah, you're like, the worst. And and this was another another substance of what the opener was with Taker and Roman. It was like, oh God, I gotta watch this now so I can review it and talk about it. But it was fun. Like it was really good. They beat the crap out of each other. They mm-hmm. went through the crowd Yes, the minute I saw this giant black busted off area, I went, okay, well, they're definitely going through that. That's, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Uh, kudos to the rubber guardrail that he kicked open. That was pretty funny. And I love the whole section was just plants. Did you did you pay attention to how, the, how those dudes oh, like, totally. were? I was like, why are there chairs just on a small, like, <laughs> two-foot section in? Between actual seating. Yeah, it's like the I, laughter there. It worked. Yeah, totally. I was like, what is this? Did you Why see the guy? <laughs> Did you see down? the guy when they when he power slammed Lashley off of it? All the like there's fans next to him like cheering, and then there was a one guy who was like cheering like he was a referee, like holding his hand behind his head and shit. And I'm like, God, that guy is so bad at acting like he's a real fan. But to its, <laughs> like, to its credit, it was really fun. Uh somebody said I've never I never thought I would want a Braun Kool-Aid man Strowman sighting. And this continues to be the consensus, like Everybody I read and talk to go into this going, mm, here comes more garbage. And then it's really fun. Another one of these, man. What did you think From of this? Bobby Lashley and the sisters debacle with Sammy Zayn. Oh, God. Seemed like an eternity ago. Uh, to Braun Strowman being one of my favorite wrestlers of 2017, 2018. Ever since that fourth play with Lesnar where he just kept throwing tables on Brock Lesnar, which still makes me giggle uh ryan this is i think my match of the night honestly wow. because it, 
so freaking fun. They just beat the living hell out of, out of each other. Bob Lashley just diving and jumping over anything and everything, flipping a table on Braun Strowman himself, you know, which was pretty damn bad. Uh, and then, you know, even Lashley, you know, trying to do the run in charge on the outside of the ring on Strowman. It was just a, a holy bleep of a match because, again, I, I had a, oh, this match is on here. I thought uh, Braun Strowman had a lacerated spleen or whatever, and he was out for months. <laughs> Strowman totally deserved his million-dollar four-year contract extension that he announced earlier today because of matches like this. Uh, it showed a new character, hopefully, uh, you know, more aggression as he busted out, like you said, through that that, that panel after power slam Lashley through it. It was just, it was awesome. This re- Reminded me of 1980s, early 90s WWF, where it was the two big men, but they actually, these guys could work, but it was just that monster versus monster type of match, which we kind of, you know, saw tease at uh, Fight for the Fallen, which we'll get into, Um, but this one, you know, was was the real deal. I hope this capped off this rivalry, finally get Braun Strowman as a serious, like, ass kicker. Get him into that title picture. Yes, he fought Lesnar before to not very good fanfare. But, you know, if, if, if they kind of build this character, get him going against, you know, AJ Styles for, you know, the secondary strap, um, I'm all for it. This was a hell of a match, fun match. Uh, yes, plants and all, Ryan. This was uh, this was fun. Yeah, this is this is really good. They they did a good job, man. I never thought in a million years I would give Lashley and Strowman a three and a quarter star. <laughs> you just told me yeah. this like the future self would have came to me. I would have said, future self, go fuck off. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> For your Corey it's late night. holy shit. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. Like I'm just I'm it, it's mind blowing. And then then this happened. Dave Bryan and Eric Rowan defended the tag titles against the New Day and Heavy Machinery. Alex, I went three and three quarters on this match. Yeah. <laughs> this, this was awesome. Uh, midnight Drive on Daniel Bryan. I think the exchange between Daniel Bryan and Biggie Langston is the epitome of what we've been saying. Biggie Langston is a star. And the yes. way that that stretch between the two of them with him asking for more and Debry throwing all those kicks and attacks and Kofi, or, uh, excuse me, Big E not going down and just challenging him, push this man. Push this man to the freaking moon because he is incredible. He is great. And heavy machinery, if this is how they're going to wrestle, sign mm-hmm. me up. Otis you know, doing doing what he does with his crazy power, and he wasn't making odd noises for once for most of the match. <laughs> and I didn't know Tucker could do half of the crap he did. It looked like Lance Archer out there. Yes, <laughs> I was about to say <laughs> that guy is agile as uh, as a Will Osprey. Will Osprey of the WWE at the moment. Sorry, Ricochet. Um, no, this was. I mean, my top three matches: Last Man Standing. Zara, Alistair Black, and this triple red tag, uh, tag team smack championship match. It was just everything. I mean, again, this whole show was a positive. But, you know, just to, to continue the momentum, um, you know, when I saw the runtime, I was like, oh, evade, this is going to be a chore. But <laughs> after this match happened, 
New Day win their, you know, the, the tag team championships for the sixth time. Uh, you know, and then I was like, oh no, does that mean Kofi's gonna lose? But hey, everything worked. Uh, I'm all for, you know, Big E, you know, to like you said, hopefully get that single shot. But with him out for a couple of months with that injury, you know, just just get, you know, the New Day the titles, and then, hey, I'm all for a uh, New Day heavy machinery type of feud kind of coming in, uh, since we know Dana Ryan uh, might not be part of this tag team revolution uh, anymore here, but uh, no, this was just a, a fast-paced tag match that everybody got to shine, if that makes sense. Well, even yeah. Rowan looked like he had his boots on and just, you know, kind of just being that big man threat. But again, Big E just kind of coming through and uh, heavy machinery, man. Like I, when I saw that in Florida a couple of years ago at that NXT house show, um, changed my opinion than than what I would see on on weekly NXT shows. Um, and and this was you know kind of what I saw at that house show, and they could be damn good. I mean, these guys are marketable, you know, without the the, the crazy ticks or you know, the random noises. And uh, yeah, this is the team that, that they could build. Uh, Friday nights, you know, kind of uh, coming into the fall. Yeah, this is this is fun, and it, I'm starting to wonder if Big E is just in that boat where he's telling management that he just wants to do the tag thing. Because, you know, I remember watching the whatever the 24/7 was for the the WrestleMania that the New Day was the hosts of when they came out of the big cereal box. And Vince McMahon's in gorilla position, and he's asking Big E, like, laughing, like, do the intro again. I want to dance, you know, like, and Vince is, like, dancing and hanging out with, with Big E, and mm-hmm. Kofi and Xavier Woods are kind of on the side, and it's Vince paying attention to Big E, which to me makes 100% sense because he's a big muscle guy. You know, yeah. he's jacked. Vince McMahon has probably got a heart on for Big E because he's jacked. Mm-hmm. But, but... When I see this this stuff from Big E time and time again, I wonder like why are they not pushing him? Because he's a prototypical Vince guy minus the height. His body is that. You know? We talk about Mark Henry. When they put Mark Henry by himself and let him go, Vince pushed him to the moon. He gave multiple yeah. titles. You know, so I just I'm wondering if Big E's just kind of in that camp where he's like, Look, I'm gonna be here for a while. I'm enjoying this tag run. Let's keep riding it out. And it's fine if he does. As somebody who's obsessed with tag team wrestling, you know, sediments to this match, I love longevity in tag teams. You know, that's part of the reason mm-hmm. I'm, I, I said in my era since I've been alive, the Young Bucks and the Usos are the greatest tag teams I've ever seen in my life because they got longevity. So if that's why, kudos. But it's just, you know, I see it more and more again. And I'm, I'm just going, in my head, I'm going, Vince, talk him out of it. Get the title off of Kofi. There's nothing wrong with Kofi. But when you get the title off him, put him with Xavier and do the same thing but make Big E the star because he just gets better and better. Like, I remember when he was with Dolph Ziggler at first and he and he was doing that five gimmick in NXT and they brought him up, put him with Ziggler. I remember every time I'd watch him in a Ziggler match, I'm going, this dude's like a sponge. He's absorbing, like, everything he's getting in this yeah. table. And, and just, yeah, it's all coming out. from AJ Lee too. I mean, let's let's mm-hmm. not forget. Yeah. I mean, those, those, that, those three were great. They they mm-hmm. were awesome. I mean, Biggie he's still relatively young. 
you know, 33 years old, you know, he's had a few injuries here and there, but, you know, hopefully something that that's not, you know, long-term, you know, there was the rumor that he was going to turn on Kofi, you know, when he, when he came back, you know, post WrestleMania, you know, this is a, a, a stable, you know, that, that you could build on. They're still selling cereal boxes. They're still selling t-shirts. Why, you know, do the typical stuff that they would do over the last decade and break them up. You know, like you yep. said, they him and Xavier Woods are fantastic as a team. You know, and and just you know, if that means Kofi Kingston has the belt, uh, you know, another month or two months or six months, then that's fine because they are putting, you know, the old adage, "What's selling, you know, is is what we'll put more on TV." And you know, they've been doing it consistently for over what two or three years. When when they first came out with the gimmick, everyone was like, "Huh." You know, we, we know these yep. guys, they're, they're not, you know, this church choir or whatever, you know, that they're trying to pass them off as. And, you know, kudos to them because Vince didn't make them. They put themselves over. They made the new day. So kudos to, to Biggie, to Woods, you know, and, and, of course, Kofi Kingston, the champ there for, you know, finally, you know, doing it their way. It, at least I yeah. hope. <laughs> and and, they, and and that that's a good point. That could be why they're not breaking him up and they're just running it. It's fine. I'm not. I'll never be mad if it's one of those things where he wants to just keep running it. That's cool, man. No beef. But if it's one of those things where they're holding him back, man. Vince, what are you doing? This is like the epitome of your guy, <laughs> and you like yeah. him. Like you see backstage videos on the network with him with Big E laughing and doing things. So, like, this is – he is a Vince McMahon guy. Like, you're a Ren Narita yeah. guy. So, just <laughs> – I'm always just wondering, like, what's, what's the deal, man? What's, I, but, I still anyway. remember the video from John Cena's gym from what seems like an eternity yeah, ago. He's when doing the when Big E was doing that bench. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, you know, you know the famous meme where Vince McMahon's doing the ah ah when Stacy Keebler's dancing and he tips over. Yeah, that's what I <laughs> oh, imagine yeah. he did when when his boy Big E was doing the bench press. He's like, ah, oh, damn it, ah ah. Just <laughs> <laughs> excitement. Well, here comes Jen in the house. Whoa! Um. <laughs> uh, speaking of, uh, you, you alluded to Seamus earlier. Uh, Seamus has an awesome YouTube show where it's just, uh, I think it's called like Celtic Warrior Workouts, where him and various superstars have awesome workouts. He had one with Cena at Cena's gym. It was like a two or three parter. Um, this was with uh, Cena with hair. Um, and I'm pretty sure Biggie's names were on like 89% of all the uh, the records that were still posted up there. Utilized yeah. his real name, I believe, but I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure that that's Big E still. So, uh, that's awesome. Kudos. Great show, great yeah, show. It's, it's, yeah, he, he's, he's good, man. I, I hope they do something with him. Um, Ricochet dropping the U.S. title to AJ Styles. Um, good match. I was... I like the raw stuff better, as I said to you when I was talking the other day. I went two and three quarters on it, so I know I'm probably on the low end. There's some people that got it about two and a half, and there's some people I've seen have it about three and a half. So it it's just – I didn't say this to you on the phone, but it's almost blasphemy because it involves Carl Anderson, and we all know my love for the machine gun. Oh, yeah. But – what was always our complaint during the G1 with Bullet Club guys and 
during title matches with Bullet Club guys. Interference. Exactly. And it's just, like, it's one thing when they do it a couple times, but, like, every 30 seconds, one of those two were getting involved. Um, And when you have, when when you get how good their Raw matches were, and then you put them on a pay-per-view in a title match, the ceiling is so high, and they just, they didn't reach Mm -hmm. it to me. I thought the finish was awesome. I loved the reverse jump-in styles class. That was great. Um, yeah, the finish. I mean, the finish was 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 great. The finish looked really cool. But the and I get I get it to a, to an extent because they were trying to establish AJ making that heel turn and getting Gallows and Anderson over as part of you know being a group together. So I understand why, but it just really killed the match for me because every time they'd start going, Styles would would bump, hit the floor. And then there'd be interference. And I'm like, oh, man, every time you start going, you stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just happy they didn't do the typical, again, this sounds like a freaking broken record. Um, WWE where, you know, like you were saying, the interference from the club, you know, but, but what usually happens, Ricochet would prevail and still, you know, be U.S., you know, uh, champion. So I'm, I was really taken aback when I said, holy shit, AJ Styles, just won the United States Championship right at what mere three weeks after Ricochet captures the championship. So, yeah, and Ricochet looked awesome. Him and AJ Styles has a chemistry, have a chemistry where you know I could say fight forever. Like I really freaking love this match. Like you know, just thinking about the other matches where I was like, those are my top three. I forgot that this happened because I thought it was a dream and how good of a match that this was. I would probably be that guy that put it at three and three quarters, possibly even a four star match. Which I remember saying after watching it, well, like, oh, that was the best match of the show. And yeah, so let me retort: this was the best match of the show. Um, because again, Ricochet hit all his spots. He wasn't tripping on his cape. He didn't seem rushed. You know, I, I, at least I didn't notice at all. You know, like I said, him and Styles just had a nice rapport. The interference made sense because, oh yeah, the bad guys cheated and they won. And I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. And you know why Ricochet is going to chase and chase and make him even bigger. And you know why? Because Paul Heyman sees money in him. And you know what draws money? The chase. And I hope, I hope so. It's just, I'm like, man, you know, and, and I, you know, know, is annoying. I, I never noticed that film Sunday. I wasn't, and I wasn't sure because when you said your top three, you didn't list this match, so I didn't know if you were, if you were hooking me or or working me or what you were doing with that. Um, it's it's just it's it's one of those things where like, it it blew like it it was. Uh, I'm trying to not crap on it because I really liked it, but like I liked it, but I it just a match a match with these two guys on a pay-per-view for a title shouldn't have been worse than an undertaker Shane match in 2019 to me. Like that was that's And think of how good styles Rollins was a couple months ago. Like I yeah. was like, yes, AJ's back. And then he wasn't back. It was the same AJ to me that we've gotten for the last year and a half. Was See, I thought AJ looked rejuvenated. I, I thought he went at it. He was playing the dickish TNA type of AJ Styles character 
you know, walking, not prancing, but walking around, strutting. Hey, I got the club with me. Everything's fine. We're going to too sweet again. We're on the outside, you know, and, and that and Ricochet, you could see the annoyance on his face. Like, okay, what am I going to do to beat this guy, this legend that I probably looked up, you know, to while I was in Paducah, Kentucky, me being, of course, beating Ricochet in that example. But, you know, that Styles Clash on the top was, was awesome. To me, it was hit perfectly. And at first I was like, oh, is he going to get his foot on the rope? That could be a good thing because that means more match. And no, he got the victory. Yeah, I'll say it was clean, even though, yes, there was interference. Yes, the ref was pulled, uh, you know, I believe, uh, you know, kind of knocked out there. But it's, you know, I, I thought this was a damn good match where they, they hit it on all cylinders. Like you said, the raw matches were there. I think they were given time and, you know, who knows what else they can do when the club are put up on a shark cage at SummerSlam. Oh God. See, now you're making my point even more. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it, it just, it, it was a letdown when they have two TV matches that they could have done all this outside interference on that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, God, every time they started going, something happened. And I'm like, just kick them out. Ref. Give me five minutes of just, action but yeah and, but you remember when they did that with styles and cena and everyone was like er you know they were interfering then it led to hey my boys are going to be in the back we're going to go mano a mano on a pay-per-view and you know then they would have the greatest match of the and modern era and of wwe just, just prove my point you literally proved my point all that happened on raw and not the pay-per-view the pay-per-view was the payoff they had their good matches on Raw, and on the pay-per-view payoff, it was nothing but bullshit and interference. That's my problem. Was like, if you want to do it like Style Cena, which you mentioned was one of the best matches we've seen in ages. Twenty, I think it was 2016 Rumble or whatever, 2015 yep. Rumble. Um, they did it by building that storyline up leading to the pay-per-view. They didn't do it at the pay-per-view. They didn't take away from the match at the pay-per-view. This took away from me. And that's what pissed me off. Like, if it, if this wasn't two guys that I think when they can go are the best, some of the best guys going in wrestling, I probably would have gave it a higher rating. It's kind of like I mentioned where the star rating system could be a little flawed for the fact that, you know, I grade the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega against the Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid a three and a half because I've seen it so many times. Whereas other people are like, five stars, holy shit, what did I just witness? You know, I look at Ricochet and, and, and AJ Styles, and I expect them to be performing at a four-star level, and they didn't do it for me. That was my huh. beef. But, but, like, everything you're saying, I agree with. I just wanted more. I, I, I just I thought they could But it's also more. on a pay-per-view, Ryan, called Extreme Rules. It's not SummerSlam. It's not Survivor Series. It's not, you know, Breaking Grounds or Stomping Lash or whatever the hell they want to call it. It was Extreme <laughs> Rules. And, you know, it's not going to be, you know, a, a pinnacle match. You know, uh, you know, set up, I should say, you know, to, to put them on there. And it was for the U.S. title. Just think a year from now when it's for, you know, uh, you know, the universal championship or something along, you know, something along those lines. And for the fact too, it, it shows ricochet in a hand with someone like styles right at the end of the night. You know, what was the first thing I thought of was, Oh my God, Holy shit. 
we could possibly ricochet challenge Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship, and why the hell not? And if we get Ricochet Styles at SummerSlam, and it's and and it's no interference and it's worked better, I'll be the first to go. Hell yeah, that's what I wanted to see. But they didn't give me what I wanted to see on Sunday. That's why it yeah. bothered me. I'm just, but it, and it was you know, but it was it was fun. Like I like. And, and once again, my rating reflects the fact that I penalize them for getting their angle over. So, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. And that's why I think, too, there's so many ratings that are high and low on it because there's both sides of the spectrum. When we get to not the next match, which I, was whatever, but the <laughs> following match, I'm on the opposite end where I'm on the high totem pole where most people are crap. I've seen, I've seen a, a star and a half on the, on the, the title match. Um, Kevin Owens, Dolph Ziggler, Owens wins via stunner. The segment was really fun. The match was whatever. I, I mean, there's <sighs> nothing. I, I was like, all right, thank you. Get out of here. That was a waste of time. Oh man. Glass break. Kale wins. Right. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this Austin imitation thing with with Kevin Owens? Your honest opinion? Uh, I don't know. I think they're trying to recreate that outlaw character, and it just—I mean, it could work. Kevin Owens is fantastic. Canadian but... outlaw—that's an oxymoron. Come on. <laughs> oh, don't say that. They'll make a shirt and a and Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, it, it's whatever. I just, I didn't care. Doing pipe bombs and, oh, God. Uh, I love the scene. Um, but just rehash. Why? Why? Yeah. It, especially when they cut his mic off. I was like, get out of here, man. This, yeah. It was a great segment. Don't get me wrong. Like, I understand you had him do the the shoot where nobody you know, nobody cares about Shane Man. It like, wasn't okay. the internet gasm that I read about on every little feed, you know, before I actually saw it, and I was like, "What?" Did everybody it? put thing over? It it's like the greatest thing ever. Like, it was like when the that, Sixth Sense came out twenty years ago. I'm like, "Oh, I knew from the trailers." Spoiler alert! Oh, that Bruce Willis is dead. I knew it from the trailers months before it even came out. <laughs> Then everyone's going ape shit saying, oh, my God, it's the greatest movie ever. I didn't see that shit until maybe nine months it was on VHS. I was like, I'll <laughs> give it a watch. I was like, whatever. Now, Unbreakable, on the other hand, that shit changed me because I was like, this is a comic book movie? What? And I didn't even – that was the first movie I could never predict. But at, but to me, this whole thing, I was just like, really? That, yeah. Ah. Whatever. And this is this is the thing that I said where I was going to have a problem where I think Paul Heyman would be okay, but I don't know about Eric Bischoff. And this to me smells 1997 all over again. Which if yeah. it works, Oof. but if it doesn't, don't say I didn't tell you. You know, don't say I didn't warn you. As long as Goldberg doesn't come back. <laughs> uh, Kobe Kingston defeats Samoa Joe in a one-sided beating with a uh, once again a black mask style finish out of nowhere. You know, I'm seeing a lot of star, star and a half, two star ratings on it. Um, I don't know your thoughts, but I actually went three and a half on it. I don't know what it was that I, I think I just enjoyed Joe's brutality. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole Kofi getting is just getting annihilated and then hitting the win out of nowhere. I thought that was a cool concept. This did spit 
100% that they don't have anything left to do with Kofi, so just get the damn title off him. But for what it was, I actually kind of enjoyed it. A lot of people thought it was long and boring. But I I liked watching Joe be the brutal Joe, the way he was throwing him down, his slams, his strikes. I liked that. And I liked the uh-huh. I'm a come-to-finish kind of guy, so I enjoyed that. People who thought this was long and boring apparently are short and fast in their uh, own real life. But this was like a seven-minute match. I mean, it, it was fine. Like like you said, you know, kind of, you know, getting the, the trouble in paradise, that quick win. Awesome. I love aggressive Samoa Joe. It scares me that he loses yet again. I don't know what other title he can lose up to to get another title shot. Um, but the spot for me that worked is when Kofi that SOS, which I was like, I, it feels like I haven't seen that in, in years, but where I was just like, Holy shit, he's going to get Joe with that. And, and for me, that was the spot where I was like, Whoa, and then Joe getting mad. And then, you know, of course, trouble in paradise, one, two, three for Kofi. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's Kofi's not good. He's not meant to have your, your, your 15, 20 minute matches. You know, he, he's meant to have, you know, kind of, you know, matches along these lines, whether that's championship caliber. Hey, he's getting the guy on his brand that, that booked, you know, seven, 12-minute title matches. So maybe he could emphasize Kofi's strengths, you know, on that run, you know, as Bischoff did in, in WCW. Um, my only thing, I, I enjoyed this match very much. I'll go seven stars for you, Ryan. But what does this mean for Samoa Joe? Give the man a title. Now, I knew they were going to give it to him here, but if he doesn't get a rematch at SummerSlam, which, again, why should he? Um, where Where is he going to go? This guy is money. He is an ass kicker. He is a coquina clutch away from choking you out. He's a guy that went toe-to-toe at Lesnar and I thought was a pretty damn good match. But where do you go with him? He's got a character. He's got a mind. Is Cena There's... The, the guy to get him over? I don't know. Like I will always be a helpless Samoa, a hopeless Samoa Joe. Mark, I, I I love Samoa Joe, but you know I can see like this. This was a fun little hurrah, but he's as you mentioned, is Cena the guy? I don't know. He's just he's he just doesn't get over. Like he's not over enough. Like his entrance, you hear the crowd doing the Joe stuff, Joe, Joe, and you're like, yeah. And then his matches happen, and you can hear like two people having a conversation. And it's just frustrating. Yeah. Against Roman Reigns. (laughs) You know, and it it is what it is. And I, you know, I, it's not the Joe that we're all used to. And I knew that was going to be the case. I think he's nothing more than a continuous enhancement guy to get the big guy, you know, the main eventers over. Yeah. And I think he's fine with it. And I don't, you know, if I'm Joe, I'm getting paid probably pretty well. And I don't care. Is that the last match we want to see? Is him and his BFF, John Cena, when he's not writing yeah, the Fast and the Furious and Fireman, you know, family comedies and now, like that's your WrestleMania match, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish it would have happened last year. That's what I want to see. He's in the Samoa Joe's in a spot for me where I just want to see him in cool nostalgia type matches. You know, this isn't 2003 anymore. This isn't 2004 when he's, you know, running Ring of Honor, Rough Shot, and, and TNA and. You know, or 2006 when I booked him, when he, you know, he's X Division champion. Like, it's just not the same thing. Whoa! Anymore. Or 2005, excuse me. 
<laughs> like yeah, with so. Joe though, like he's so freaking good. Like he was a guy where I would actually watch Impact or TNA, whatever you want to call it, the Succeeded Ring was for a, a handful of guys, and Samoa Joe was that. I wasn't, you know, prevalent to Ring of Honor, you know, during its golden era of the early aughts and or, or the early two thousands. So. You know, for Joe, you know, and, and Angle and the Sting and, you know, all of that stuff, that and Styles, you know, and Daniels, like, that was the good shit for me. That's where I'm like, you know, like you alluded to earlier, the depth of this roster, the talent that they have, Samoa Joe, yeah, you can manhandle a Rey Mysterio or, you know, but then he loses, you know, quickly to a Ricochet and a Kofi Kingston. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. well, where does it begin and where does it end? Yeah, he's he's just a guy. He's just a dude. You know, and it's it is it is. But if you think about it, you know, it's been 16 years since his like big run. He's not a spring chicken, and you could tell he's not in the shape he used to be in. And so it's fine. It's it's he's he's ahead of the boat where I where I know that I'm getting towards with AJ where I just need to realize this isn't what I'm used to seeing anymore. Like, and, it, and that, that alludes back to the Ricochet match. Like, I'm like, God damn it. It's AJ Styles and Ricochet. Why is this not mm-hmm. entertaining me? Because AJ's just not AJ anymore. And it's, you know, people, I, I, I shouldn't say people, I have to realize the dude's in his forties, you know, he's older. It just is what it is. And, Samoa Joe, I'm starting to get to that point. And I think that's why I like this match more than most Samoa Joe matches lately. Because I went, okay, great. This is exactly what he was. He went in there, beat the crap out of Kofi, hit some awesome moves, and then took a, a, a flash victory or a flash pin to lose to get Kofi hopefully more over. And and I need to get that way with AJ where I, it's not mm. – this isn't the same AJ, you know, from even 2016, 2015. So, the club uh, versus Undisputed Era does nothing for you then. As we talked last show, we're, I thought we were hyping no, it up. So, now that means look, nothing? Because he, he can't no, work no, at a the, goal? Here's the big difference. is you, One, it's an eight-man tag. If they go that route. So, you got to figure there's there's so many moving pieces where Styles does Styles can go in there, hit crazy stuff, and then go out. You could have Balor work a lot of the match. You have a guy like Kyle O'Reilly, probably top five on the whole roster in that ring. You have Roddy in the ring. You have Cole. You have Fish. Those guys will make that match great because they are in the same shoes as Styles, Balor, and Carl Anderson were ten years ago, five years ago. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm not worried about that. And I think, and there's a difference between that. That's a crazy faction war. This was three straight weeks of the same match between Styles and Ricochet. And they just, it wasn't as good as the first two for me. Like there's a big difference between a giant so work. The oversaturation setup. of it all ruins your, your input into so. the match. That's a good, that's a very good way to put it. I like that. I like that answer a lot, Alex. And, and not even oversaturation, but let me put it over to. Uh, did, did I get? Did I sound? Did, did I become a little more clear on the mic right now? Yes. I I just forgot that my chair can lift. 
um, with the gas pump. So I got closer to the microphone. I just had a freaking epiphany. Uh, I'm going to do it one more time. <laughs> now I'm up as high as I can. Let's go. I shouldn't have been doing this years ago. Um, <laughs> Like, I'm literally mind-blown that I forgot about that. But uh, the difference is when you do this match three weeks in a row and this was the worst of the three and this was the one that had the highest expectations, yeah, it's going to not work with me. Whew. Man. Uh, this, man, so, man I, so, like you said, you could tell Paul Heyman and Vince McMahon. This was, I mean, was this a mixture of both, do you think? Think of the build-up. Like, like the build-up was fantastic. We praised the build-up. Yeah. The match is great. We praised it all. It's just, it's, I truly think part of my beef with this match is it fell to the circumstances that they were building the angle of the club. <laughs> I don't necessarily think anything they were yeah. in the match that bad, but like, I don't need to see Luke Gallows grabbing his freaking ankle four times in a match. Like, it, that's over excessive. Like, literally. Every time Ricochet started momentum, they interfered. And I understand their heels, they cheat, they get over. It's fine. But do it on Raw. Let the match be the match. Now, if they go SummerSlam and they, they have a one-on-one rematch and the club stays in the back and they, they go 15 minutes, I'll probably have a different thought. I'll probably like it a hell of a lot more. Yeah. You know they're going to be hoisted in a shark cage. Come on. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, we haven't seen that sucker in a while. <laughs> this is the longest thing ever. All right. Let me take a breath here. Last chance winners take all mixed tag team extreme rules match for the Universal Championship <laughs> and the Raw Women's Championship. This is longer than like a DDT. Like I was about to say, is this a DDT match? Jeez. They already took their title concept with the twenty four seven. Jeez. Um, Rollins and Lynch defeat Corbin and Lacey Evans. Um, Baron Corbin gets the uh, the what does he call his move? The uh, the end of days or the the, 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 moon, the wolf. I will wolf say end. the move always looks fantastic. Uh, I always think that looks really good. But um, um, he hits Becky Lynch at the end of days. He looks at Rollins. He goes, what are you going to do about it, you piece of shit? And I was like, yeah. yes! <laughs> uh, I, I, love, I love the three stops. Because this was the first time, and this has got to be Paul Heyman again, we finally saw somebody in WWE definitively win a match and definitively beat somebody. This this tells me that he is done with Corbin. Two curb stomps, and then he stops and goes, nope, I'm doing another one. It gives him a third one just beside the board, you know, just to do it. It was like when I punched Demetrius. The third one was just for me. <laughs> he hit that third one. It, it destroyed Corbin, but it doesn't make Corbin look bad because it took three of them. Um they get the victory. Lacey Evans and Baron Corbin actually were pretty good together as a tandem. I don't want to mm-hmm. see them going for the titles, but I did enjoy them as a team. And as I said, the Lacey Evans is the best, uh, the best Kendo six swinger in the business for the WWE women. <laughs> uh, I, was on it. I liked it. I didn't hate it. I, this is probably the highest rated Baron Corbin match I've ever given. Whoa, you remember we liked him like two and a half years ago for like a second? 
Um, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this was a serviceable main event. You know, Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans both had that go away heat, um, and you know they they use that to their advantage. They've heard and seen the ire from the the internet smarks, you know, everywhere and and anywhere over the last you know two, three, four months. Um, you know, since being put being put in this position, hell, Baron Corbin, I think his uh, Twitter gimmick is like Mr. Main Event or something like that. Uh, which, hey, kudos. But you know, if as long as it ends, you know, like you know, we talked on the phone. You know, we saw fire from Seth Rollins. Finally, he burnt it down. You know, in the ring where he, you know, where I've always said a year after year, he he just seems seems stagnant. You know, after time, after, you know, especially when he has a championship. But, you know, it was all in fun. Becky Lynch getting, you know, getting the the end of days there was uh, was smart because, you know, it led to me thinking, okay, Lesnar didn't cash in against Kofi. Paul Heyman came in the middle of the show saying, spoiler alert, the beast is in the, in the house. You know, <laughs> am I Paul Heyman or am I a liar? Well, he was Paul Heyman. Uh, spoiler came true. Brock Lesnar comes in, you know, as, you know, Becky Lynch, you know, is on the outside. She's hurt. Seth Rollins doesn't know what to do. You know, does he defend his title or does he go after the girl? It doesn't matter. Lesnar's suplex city you, hits you with one at five, and then we have a new universal champion. Yeah, which, um, okay, cool. Glad that happened. <laughs> Like, whatever. Um, You know, I heard a lot of people going, great, I'm glad they took a step forward with this pay-per-view and then went back to the same status quo they've been for the last five years. Which... Would you have been happy if he cashed in against Kofi? Would that have been a a swerve, if you will? Like, they've been, you know, teasing, kudos to them, for kind of having that, but would that have made you happy? I think my problem goes back to what I said after WrestleMania. I don't like I don't think or even after Money in the Bank, like I don't think Lesnar cashing in on Rollins or Kofi really matters to me because I'm just kind of like whatever on both of them. Mm-hmm. And it's because Rollins like there's nothing in Seth Rollins. He can have really good matches. His work is not as good as it was when he first had that first heel run with Triple H and was working Ambrose and guys like that. Like he was great then. He's not the same guy. Kofi Kingston I think is very talented, but he's a guy who works better from the bottom, which is probably why I liked the Joe match. But I just don't buy him as your champion. So I guess it didn't matter to me, but now I'm like, okay, cool. So now we're going to get Lesnar Rollins again at SummerSlam. Yeah. Well, okay. We're back to where we were before WrestleMania. Oh, yuck. So I guess extreme just... rules. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, like, you know, I was fine because, a, it, I was like, okay, the title's off Seth Rollins, but then I was like, what are they going to do? Because lo and behold, you're going to have as many Battle Royal number one contendership matches that you want, but we all know that Seth Rollins is going to win. Hell, Biggie was even in that match, Ryan, and I was like, huh, could they do the inevitable? And I was like, oh, but he's a tag champion, but why couldn't they? But it was just something where, you know, 
it, it happened. It was, you know, it was fine. It was, you know, the same old, same old, but Brock Lesnar looked rejuvenated when he was boombox Brock, you know, from, from money in the bank. So yeah. hopefully, you know, <laughs> we'll be getting a little bit more of, you know, maybe an 11 to 13 minute matches where Brock Lesnar kind of going forward. So if we can get a little bit more from him, depending on, you know, if, if Fox really wants him for Friday nights, you know, then, and they build him up a little on Mondays until the fall, then, then so be it. But, you know, it's overall it, it, you know, this was a match I wasn't expecting too much out of meaning the, the, uh, the, the tag match for winner take all DDT uh, title insert here. But, you know, the ending was, was fine. And you know what? This was a, a hell of a card. I would say, as we said earlier, best WWE show of this year. Yeah, it, it was, it was, uh, that was extreme rules. Like Alex said, are uh, you, any, anything else you want to go to or, or uh, after we gave uh, that over an hour? You want to you want you want to go into Ooh, I like rumor. uh, rumored SummerSlam card here really quick. We'll talk into uh, a little next week. Here's the rumored card: uh, Cesaro and Aleister Black rematch. Undertaker and Drew McIntyre. Fine with. Uh, spoiler alert: Did you watch Raw? Uh, no, I've had way more stuff to watch <laughs> than Raw. <laughs> Do you know who what what happened? I know Bray Wyatt came back because they had to get Finn Balor a vacation. Correct. So so Wyatt and Balor, hopefully the Pumpkin King, will not be making his appearance. Uh, oh, Kevin Owens, and Shane McMahon. That. <laughs> Shinsuke oh, Nakamura shit. apparently defending his newly won Intercontinental title against Ali. I'm all for that. AJ Styles ricochet yet again. Uh, the Iconics and the Kabuki Warriors, Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton, a rehash from their 2009-2010 blow-up. Uh, Bailey and Ember Moon signed me up. Becky Lynch and Natalia, it's in Canada. And Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins. That's a decently fun card. Another okay. five-hour show. <laughs> Dude, Nakamura, holy shit, you got my attention with that. That's that's going to be special. Yeah. There's a, did you watch the new Botchamania? I did not know. Um, so, you know, the little things after the, the credits where they do kind of like the fun. Um, yes. It, yep. it, your field is, is Spider-Man and he's on the front of the car and he calls or Gwen Stacy calls him. Excuse me. There we go. I had sort of, I thought I couldn't get it out. Um, and she calls him and she's like, Peter, where are you? And she's at the graduation. And he's like, I'm on fourth, third, second. I don't remember which movie that was. That was the first and second Garfield one. Um, maybe it was the second. But anyway, oh, the Amazing so he, Spider-Man? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's on the bumper and the, the, the cop car's driving and he's like stuck on the hood. And she's like, where are you? What's graduation? He's like, five, ten minutes away. And she's like, "You need to, why are there sirens? And she's yelling at him. You know, I, I don't remember which movie that is. I thought it was the second, but I could be wrong. Regardless, when he gazes in, yeah, it's got to be the second because I, th- I believe in the movie he gazes off and he, as they drive by an alley, Jamie Foxx is standing there with like the blue face and a hood on, and he's given that look like, who the hell is that guy? As he's as like the car's driving him by, but instead of it being Jamie Foxx, it's Ali with his 
hands in his pocket, like in his little uh, those videos where oh, he's God. like locked up people. <laughs> I laughed so That's hard. Um, AEW fight for the fallen. Uh, I didn't watch the pre-show because when I went on BR Live to watch it the next day, the pre-show wasn't attached to it. Did you watch the pre-show? You, you too, bro. Um, I did. I watched it actually before tonight's WrestleCast Radio. Um, me and the little one were, were uh, we both just finished uh, Takashita and, and Tetsuya Endo, um, and I was like, oh, I should probably watch those pre-matches. Uh, because I wanted to see why Britt Baker uh, tried to tag in the wrong uh, partner. Um, yeah. But Sonny Kiss, I, I haven't seen. <laughs> Sonny oh, Kiss, I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Peter Avalon, I haven't seen. And oh, it was fine. I thought they both worked really well. Sonny Kiss, good potential, acrobatic as hell. Avalon is a technically sound wrestler, I thought. Uh, his athleticism was good. And he is ripped. <laughs> I was like, wow, I was not expecting that either. Um, but no, it was fine. You know, I, I got to see a move called the Twerk Salt, um, you know, from, from Sunny Kiss there. Um, Somebody, you know, there, was, <laughs> <laughs> there was a reading sucks chant, um, which I thought was pretty awesome. Um, and then Sunny Kiss had a top rope leg drop split. Uh, and uh, on Avalon there for the win really quick match but again you know kind of got the crowd pumped they were hot for it uh, you know Sonny Kiss came out with uh, I believe some cheerleaders the the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, was in full effect as uh, she, he was wearing you know the awesome jet jersey and whatnot but uh, fun match you know it, it is what it was uh, but the tag match Ryan B Priestley my first time seeing her and Shook and uh, uh, Nakajima, Nakajima. first time seeing her. Britt Baker and Riho. Wow. Um, I could see where Britt Baker, all joking aside, uh, you know, with the Britt Baker tagging in the wrong person, because I could totally see where she bumped her head and uh, was concussed and, and still kind of went on with uh, this 15, 16-minute match here. Um, but Shook and Nakajima, man. Wow, yeah. that is a start. Or to be Priestley, that uh, is a princess title. She's she she was when we did our our fantasy draft. Uh, Yuka Sakazaki, the one who's usually on the show, is the genie girl. Yep. Um, Nakajima was her partner when they were the Miracleans, that tag team I was obsessed with from Tokyo Joshi Pro, and they broke the two off. And Shoko's the champ now in Tokyo Joshi Pro. She looked like she was a wildling. From uh, from Game of Thrones, and it looked awesome. Um, <laughs> but no, she is is awesome. Rio, you know that plucky underdog. Uh, but man, her knees insane. How she could do those jumping knees um, into a German bridge on Nakajima for a, a two point nine nine, which is pretty damn cool. Uh, you know, credit again to to Britt Baker. For, for kind of continuing into that match. Uh, you know, she she had some nice spots with B Priestley, but B Priestley, man, again, the crowd was into her once she entered that ring. Um, that's a dominated heel right there. She she has that presence. Uh, I look forward to seeing more with her. Um, again, I'm happy they gave uh, these four women time. Uh, I, I think Britt Baker, of course, you know, she, she was 
not in majority of the match with, you know, I'm assuming, you know, she gave the signal to someone like, Hey, I'm, I'm a little, uh, a little loopy here, but uh, you know, it, it was a fine match. I'd say out of these two, Ryan, definitely check out the tag match. Um, I think, uh, you know, you'd, you'd be surprised. That's good. That was, that's a more positive. Um, a lot of people that know what, that I, with me liking a lot of Tokyo Joshi pro and, and stardom, um, I heard this was the worst women's division match um, that they have done. Uh, somebody said that all four women were on a complete different page than the majority of the match. Yes, really it was hurt. sloppy at times, for sure. Okay. <laughs> but I really wanted to, like, I really wanted to see it because of Nakajima and Riho and to extent B. Priestley. And Britt Baker's fine. Like, I don't have any problem with her, but yeah. she's definitely the odd one out in it. Um, and I really wanted well, to see me, Nakajima the- making uh being hurt, yeah, with her being hurt, like you said, that that definitely had to had to hurt it. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm definitely gonna go out and watch it, and I'm glad you gave it a good a good praise. So it's it sounds like and another then, again. Bag. The reason for me is you know like I mean again it was sloppy you know in in, in certain parts you know there there were some missteps even from Riho and Nakajima. But for me the spotlight was again finding out about another Joshi wrestler in um in, in Nakajima. So that's a really good take. I like that. The match could have been trimmed, you know, for sure. You know, especially, you know, if, if Britt Baker was like, Hey guys, we should probably <laughs> cut it short here. Um, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I would say it's, it wasn't the worst woman's match of the night. No, <laughs> we'll get to that when the time comes. I actually gave that match two ratings, and I'll tell you why when we get to it. But uh, Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara, friend of the show, Sammy Guevara, defeat the team of Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen, Joey Janela. I went three and a half on this, Alex. I thought this was really fun. Sean Spears it. hits the DVD on Darby Allen. Perfect way to do it. You build Sean Spears up this way, and Darby Allen loses nothing in the loss. Thought this was really fun. What did you think of this? Um, what did I think? I despised it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, fun match. <laughs> Six men were, you know, just were showcased. I mean, that's what all elite wrestling is doing right now. They're showcasing each talent that they have per match. And you know, people were complaining four and a half hour show. You know, this and that. Hell, it took me to, you know, maybe three sittings to watch this show. And it wasn't because I was bored or, you know, this or that. There was just a lot of wrestling, you know, watching G1 as well. But this match was 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 a fun breath of fresh air because MJF being disgusted by Sean Spears the whole time, you know, showing like, <laughs> hey, why are we teaming together? Was a nice little adage there. Uh, Joey Janela being over AF was awesome. Hell, we got to see an acid rainmaker, you know, from uh, from Jimmy Havoc, which of course we got the f em up Jimmy f em up chance at a uh, uh, you know a fund not a fundraiser, but you know a uh, uh, you know a show that's a benefit essentially. And I love the how that didn't you know stop the wrestlers from doing things like MJF usually flicked people off at the entrance. He gave them the thumbs down. I said, okay, it's a show for you know charity and whatnot and you know to raise awareness uh but in during the match middle fingers galore so you know i liked how you know it wasn't all the way you know uh you know they were their hands weren't tied you know with, with the event there but fun match again all six men you know darby allen doing some crazy stuff with the uh the taped up ribs and what have you 
um, you know, kind of getting his shine as well. But Sammy Guevara, uh, whew, that guy is fast. The Mighty Mouse, indeed. Sorry, Neville. Uh, but I think Sammy Guevara should take that title from you. Uh, doing suicide dives, blondes, whatever the hell you want to call them. Back to back to back on every corner of the ring was awesome. Fun match. Good way to start the show. Yeah, and I really like the dissension between MJF and Spears. MJF, man, we talk about it all the time, but he just gets it. Yeah. Like, he understands the way to play the character where he shows the loyalty to Cody with his anger. And Sean Spears, he looks good in everything he did. Uh, and he was nice and protected, which I thought was was smart to do with him. Because if, if, if people still don't know what they're getting with him, they didn't get anything bad with him. So kudos to it. Good booking. And I love the, the showcases you mentioned because that's what it was. Um, and the gimmick, really the new gimmick of Spears, the chairman. Yeah. Simple and effective. <laughs> yep. The park is pissed somewhere. Um, <laughs> second match of the night. <laughs> This probably was the worst women's match in AEW history. Uh, yikes. This this was not... I think I had this lower than Allie and Leva Bates. I went one and a half on this match, Allie. Whoa, uh, you gave it a star? <laughs> Brandy Rhodes defeats Allie. Um, I was hoping so much. I'm watching this oh. going, okay, Brandy, Brandy Rhodes... Needs to have Awesome Kong come out and take her spot like she did last yes. time. And then it happened, and I went, yes. Oh but God, then I she popped. was the valet. And I went, shit, she's not going to be in the match. <laughs> Damn it. Um, and it would have been so much better had she been in the match. But, Ooh. you know, like I said, I, I went a star and a half. But I did go four and a half out of five on the post-match yeah. angle. You mean to tell me that at all in, we're going to get Asia Kong, Awesome Kong? I don't care that Asia Kong is having trouble walking, it seems like. This match is going to rule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, start half of the match, four and a half on the post-match. Give me the Kong fight. Let's go. I um, gave the post-match nine stars due to that. Uh, the Battle of the uh, Kongs, you can't ask for anything better. I mean, it's the Braun Strowman, Bobby Lashley uh, uh, for AEW. When when I when I heard Kong come out, which I will say this, the one thing that worked, Ryan, they had that video of Brandy Rhodes, you know, showcasing, you know, hey, I don't feel myself as a wrestler, as a person. You know, I always judge myself way too hard. Then she comes out and everyone's like, all right, you know, is Brandy Rhodes going to prove herself? And then she goes straight heel Brings out Awesome Kong. I'm like, all right, that's cool. And then, of course, disappointed when Kong is not in the ring. Uh, but, you know, the, seeing Aja Kong, Awesome Kong, I'm there. Sign me up. Take all my blood. Uh, do you give credit, though, to Addy for trying during this match? Yeah, look, I think Allie works hard. I just don't know how great she is at what she does. I think if she's in there with the right person who can – get a better match out of her. I think, I think she can be better. I just, I don't think Brandy Rhodes is that good. And that was part of the problem. Like it was, I think Allie's better along being the person try or that that's kind of going with the match rather than leading the match. I just don't get why Brandy Rhodes needs to go heel authority figure. Like it, it's just, to me, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. 
Yeah. But you know what did make sense? JR throwing shade at the wrestling brothers since the main event involves real wrestlers because of their DNA. (laughs) Good old, uh, good good old man. I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. I've, I've always been hit or miss on JR commentary ever since watching WrestleMania nine as a kid. I get the back out and you know, he's, he's got a family and he's broken in half. I get the sound bites, but I have just never been a fan of Jim Ross commentating. I love his show because he just tells it like it is, you know, grilling JR, what have you, uh, way better than the previous Jim Ross report show where it just seemed like he was a monotone reading off of a computer. <laughs> but damn, man, Alex Marvez, a huge improvement. From uh, you know, from Fighter Fest there. Except for when Marvez said Shima doing it for his uh, for his country of China. Yes, <laughs> like God yeah, damn it! Yeah. Damn it, JR got, got to you. JR got to you. But Excalibur yeah, he, is the real MVP was, of that booth. Yeah. Who was the guy at the video game one that Bring we back liked? Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Thank you. He took no, I'm Goldeneye. It was like Cool Boy, wasn't it? No, it was the Golden Eye, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> what a dick. Can I get royalties? <laughs> um, Dark Order defeats Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus and Angelico yeah. and Jack Evans. Dark Order finally getting to show what I said that they could do. Um, they get the victory via fatality. Uh, fun match. I went three stars on it. There was a couple sloppy parts at the beginning where it was a little slow and odd, but they really picked it up at the end to save the match, and they had a great finish. Mm-hmm. My big takeaway, though, that I'm awesome. glad people finally got to see. Yeah, Fatality is such a cool move with the way they do that. Um, but Player Uno, he is the El Generico for me, where wearing a mask he is still the most charismatic person in that ring. When he, when, when he comes to the ring and he's doing his hand mannerisms and the way he's walking and the way he's moving his lips and his tongue and he's, his mouth is moving and his body language, he exudes superstar to me. He doesn't look as good as he used to when they were the Super Smash Brothers. And I got some shit against the Young Bucks that I would show anybody where people would go, that's the best tag team in the world. He is not Whoa. in that level compared to player dose. Player dose still looks fantastic. But is that Grayson? Yeah, yep. Yeah, Grayson is uh he used to be player <laughs> dose. They were baby faces then. But uh player Uno man or evil Uno as he is now. His mannerisms and his just swagger is just yeah. Exuberant with like every time I see him doing something, I'm going, That dude looks like a champion. So I will, I will give him that. He's never had a swagger like that before, and it has just come out. And that's one thing that really has drawn me to this team. Um, shout out to the Dark Order, by the way, winning this match, they now get to face <laughs> the best friends in an opportunity to get a first. So let me ask you, let me ask you this question, Alex. If we were putting together a tag team tournament, mm-hmm. if we had four bracket slots, you would need eight teams or seven if you caught a buy, right? So you'd have, you know, your one 
one would face. So the six. loser of that match, do are they in the tournament at all then, or do, do they lose their spot, even though it's uh, only for a buy? Let's say they're still in the tournament, just just okay. for the sake of things, okay? <sighs> so when you look at, uh, if you look at, a, there'd be seven other teams then. So you'd have, you know, two teams would face each other, and then they would face the winner of the next two teams, correct? Yep. That's how you semis. Now you'd have two teams wrestle and the winner would face the Dark Order or Best Friends who got a first round bye in the other semifinal, correct? Correct. So isn't Dark Order Best Friends just a first round match? Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's probably going to be the match in the finals, I would think. Like, literally, like, aren't they just having a first round match to get to the second round, which is technically a bye? Like this, we dogged this. This uh, we dogged this step a couple weeks ago when we talked about Firefest. But holy crap, did it just get even stupid when I when I when I actually like put it into a bracket form of what this could be? I went, oh my god, it's literally they're facing each other before the tournament starts to get a buy in the same it is tournament. A totally a first round match. <laughs> you think this would have been for two buys? Each team of these would get a buy. One would think that would be. The point what of these kind two of matches. Okay, cool. You're automatically in the second round. Well, you still had to win a first match to get a buy into the second round. So, like, is Vince like, Russo onto something, Ryan, when he says the WWE and AEW are hand to hand, a la WWE and ECW, just for this, this stipulation alone? Stipulation smells like Vince McMahon so much. <laughs> but, I mean, Aside from that, this is a really fun match. And Helico and Jack Evans look great. I loved the Jungle Boy. Excuse me, oh. Jungle Boy. Luch- uh, what do you think of Marco worked- Stunt getting involved? Showing I was up. A he came out. I didn't see a point to it. And then the baby faces uh, cheated, which pissed me off even more. But they made up for it when Luchasaurus shot put in Marco stunt 400 feet in the air to land out on Helico. That was really cool. But when he came out, I was like, what's the point of it? They're like, it's a boy. What, or it's a, a boy and his dinosaur with a boy having a boy. And I was like, Oh my God, is this like the big dog in his yard? Like, stop, just don't, don't do this. So that kind of frustrated me, but yeah, it was, it was fine. It was, it was a fun match. I really liked it. I put awesome bleeping match. Lucha Boy is a great bleeping team. Spots by all were bleeping great. Market it. Market it right now. (laughs) (laughs) They got those shirts on uh, Pro Wrestling Tees now, a boy and his dinosaur, and it's the two of them. And that's kind of cool. It almost reminds It's like a boy and his blob, the old Nintendo game. I love that team because, again, as I, as I said last week, um, this team is fun. They're marketable. They work amazing together. Lucha, Luchasaurus can work. Uh, yeah. Jungle Boy can work. So, you know, it's all towards the inevitable, the breakup. Luchasaurus having enough going against the boy. So again, there's money written with these guys. And I'm not saying that's going to happen in six months. That's years down the line. But damn, these two are amazing athletes that, with amazing characters that shouldn't work on paper, especially in <laughs> 2019. 
but because their ring work is so exceptionally awesome, they they make it where you're just in awe of them. Jungle Boy, awesome. Kudos to you, sir. You could do without the Marco stunts after the stunts V stunt match at uh, at Backyard Wrestling GCW. But uh, you know what's crazy, Ryan, is the Dark Order impressed the shit out of me. I'm not familiar with Super Smash Bros. Jack they Evans and Anna Helico, they were an afterthought in this match, really, because every time it's like, oh, shit, they're in here. They would do a spot, but then I would be more focused on the Dark Order or, uh, you know, uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. So, I mean, that's crazy to say something, uh, you know, with all of these guys. And, again, not putting anything against Evans and Angelico because they did some crazy shit. But, you know, <laughs> just kudos to all the all, all six men, you know, involved. It was just that says how good the match like concluded with how well they worked at the end that on Helico and Evans were the afterthought because of how well everything else went, you know, and that's the positive we asked for in these matches. I still laugh a couple months ago when I was like, Oh, Luchasaurus is working our way. And you're like, that's a thing. The Luchasaurus. <laughs> and now we're seeing this guy like, He's on every AEW show, and it's like, holy crap, this dude's getting over, man. So, yeah. to him, you know, I remember the first Speaking time I heard trying Luchasaurus... to get someone over. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. I was just going to say, I remember the first time I heard Luchasaurus, I didn't realize that it was that Pino or whatever they called him, and I can't remember whatever they called him in Lucha Underground. I thought it was Brodus Clay was the Luchasaurus. So, I was like, <laughs> oh. That's like gross. Our is booking him, but I was wrong. But uh, getting people over, man. It, uh, Adam Page via Deadeye defeats Kip Sabian. Are, are we on a different platform here? I, I'll be honest with you, Alex. I went three and a half on Page Kip Sabian. I loved Whoa. the fact that, yeah, I, once again, I've been on the weird spectrum on a lot of these matches, and, th- and it's been pretty entertaining because I get to I get to see so many different sides to why I'm right and why I'm wrong, and I a couple of these I've actually went back and rewatched and changed thoughts because of it, but I loved that Adam Page, they did, like, a legwork, but they didn't do a legwork, if that makes sense. Like, I love the fact mm-hmm. that he sold his leg, but it wasn't, like, a focal point. But they did it enough to put over the fact that when he gets in there with Jericho, he's going to have a bum knee. So they made it relevant without taking away from the match of of focusing on legwork to have back-to-back Adam Page legwork matches. I thought everything he did was really well. I think I thought everything resonated well with me. I thought Kip Sabian, once again, like the Sammy Guevara match, looked really good in what he did. And while I still think Adam Page is one of the futures of this company. Um, and I've said he's not to the level where I, where I want him to be leading a match. This was a good showing for Adam Page to really step Agreed. up and actually kind of go, hey, I need to get comfortable with this role, which makes me think that with him leading a match with Kip Sabian, he has a better chance to be Jericho than I thought he was going to have. He showed that he can go in there and lead. So I, it made me really excited. So, Kudos, he kudos showed, to the two, uh, three and a half my way. No, he showed that he could lead, but like you said, you know, he clenched the knee early, which was a good thing. Um, so, you know, uh, you know, after nailing Sabian with the discus lariat, because let's be real, after clenching that knee, 
I mean, besides, you know, a a swinging DDT, a super hurricanrana by, by Sabian, Adam Page dominated this match. I mean, he was showing, like, this is why I'm going to be challenging Chris Jericho for the AEW, you know, heavyweight championship at All Out, uh, you know, August 31st in uh, Chicago. Well, not really Chicago, Illinois, but, you know, it's I, I thought Page looked looked good. I thought this was a good showcase. Nothing, you know, to say, wow, watch this match, because I'll always point to, you know, maybe him and Janela had all in last year. Uh, but this was just a, a a good setup to show the dominance of what Paige can be. Um, you know, and I like how they, they're bringing up the knee. The Matt Jackson back of 2019, if you will, uh, you know, kind of storyline-wise. And I think that's what's going to be his, uh, you know, his Achilles when it comes into the Jericho match. Because Jericho's finisher, of course, you know, the walls uh, of Jericho there. So, you know, I, I think once that's applied on, probably for the third or fourth time, uh, you know, it's just going to be enough is enough where, where Paige has to essentially mm-hmm. tap there. So they're telling that story, you know, the lead up to that. So people aren't like, oh, Jericho's going to win. It's because, again, they're, <laughs> they're talking about, you know, the, the injured knee a la Matt Jackson's back of 2017. But, mm. you know, this or 2018, whatever year. <laughs> I like the that. year of the best. That's but, good. But, you know, I, I thought this was a good match. Again, I wanted to see a little bit more from Sabian, but this wasn't his match. This was Hangman's match, and I thought they did it perfectly well. Hell, that's a great way to put it. This this was Adam Page's match. This was an Adam Page match. That's, that's a great way to look at it. And then he got busted um, open. <laughs> <laughs> then things happened to his life. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, then we get the SCU uh, on the losing end to the Lucha Brothers via Ooh. package pile driver footstop on Scorpio Sky. Loved it. Another one that I might not be where everyone else is. I went three and a quarter. I thought it was fun. Um, slightly better than the the, the three way tag. I I'm starting to think that I'm getting sour. Like not okay. I'm Pentagon. Scratch that. Not sour, but I'm just kind of getting overdone on the Lucha Bros. Ooh. Like, yeah. Like I, if Mega, I ran Mega. a company, if I ran a company, I'd book them. I would 100 percent book them. I'd be like, yep, I need these guys on my show. Uh, they're fantastic. But I'm just kind of like. I don't know. It's just it's it's one of those things where when like I love the fact that they challenge the young bucks to the ladder match. Like that's gonna be tremendous. Mm-hmm. But they're like kind of mid card tag where they're just kind of working another team. They they don't go as crazy and as good as they can be. They kind of just go into that like third gear but don't go into fourth. And I think Ooh. I think Scorpio Sky and and Frankie Kazarian were awesome. perfectly fine with that. Yeah, and they're like, "Cool, let's just coast and put on a, a nice." This average was a spot match. fest. I mean, this yeah, the, the, that's all it was was just a crazy spot fest. But the reason why I think I enjoyed it a little more than you is because you know Scorpio Sky is hitting you know a crusher you know onto the apron. You know Kazarian's doing stuff where no man his age a should look, but also do the stuff that he's doing you know, to, to, to Phoenix there, you know, after, you know, 
hitting Phoenix, what, with that uh, released German and then the backcracker <laughs> on Pentagon there. Uh, that wheelbarrow spot that they kind of do, um, you know, the wheelbarrow leg stretch, you know, kind of on uh, Ray Phoenix there was amazing for that pin for a two there. Um, you know, it, it, this was a great showcase for them. And, you know, like you said, you know, the Lucha Bros, they're the, uh, you know, kind of the, the chance team, if you will, where they're just, you know, every two seconds, everyone's saying Sierra, Miro, you know, all that stuff, you know. But I, I get what you're saying, Spot Fest. Yeah, I'm, I'm Mexican. That's the crazy part. Um, but, you know, the Spot Fest, you know, was, was fine. You know, SCU looked good, though. You know, I, I, I thought they, they were a good compar- comparable part uh, for, for the Lucha Bros. You know, dives, kicks, oh, destroyers, and stomps. That's all this match was, and I was fine with it. I like the triple threat tag match a little more. I, I think the best tag match of the night. Um, but, you know, this was what it was. You know, I think this could have been a fine match if you didn't do a letter match for All Out. And I think, you know, given, you know, maybe a little more time, could have possibly be a, a show stealer. But, you know, it was just a car crash, you know, kind of at the end. And it's what we would expect. <laughs> I can't, you know... What you said when you did the Sierra Mero, Sierra Mero, that I'm Mexican. I, I, I have two timestamps on this show now. <laughs> that was too damn funny. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. I love it. God. Well, let's get to um, the match of the night, if not one yes. of the matches oh, of the shit. weekend. Watch this match, ladies and germs. I went hard four and a quarter. Shima Kenny Omega. The final 10 minutes of this match or 15 oh. minutes of this match totally made, like, they, they started a little slow. They were, you know, Kenny Omega does the, the methodically slow buildups to his matches. Shima kind of was going to the same pace, and I'm going, Shima's just not yep. Shima anymore. Shima, this nope. is exactly what I thought. I went, Shima is AJ Styles, man. He just isn't, he's just not oh. there unless it's a multi-man. And then, bam, they went ham. He- um, she was spamming the Meteora like it's a V-trigger. The the Meteora <laughs> onto the cable, jumping awesome. from the ground. There, there was, was where a those plants were sitting uh, during the Strowman-Lashley match. Yeah, the, like just a random were... part of the stage. <laughs> the the roll-up Shima had at the end of the match uh, to Kenny I legit bit on that. I went, oh my god, she was winning. Like, this was tremendous. Um, I don't expect them to put on a five star match with Shima anymore. Like, and that's just realism because you know, like we talk with Styles and Joe. But holy shit, did he this hit another? I've seen him get in a singles match in years. This was they, pretty damn close. Yeah, they they hit a notch and just went and went and went, and Kenny went with them, and Shima just. Like he took it to a new level at the end. It was he he had his um in a in a Chicago style rookie of the year um example. The last ten minutes of this match was Shima being Chet Stedman when he wanted <laughs> one, more one more one more, and Stedman threw that last pitch. This was Shima giving his one more, and I know yeah. he's gonna have 
more than this, but that's how it felt. Like this was him going, I can still be this guy. And the, you know, the beginning, the beginning hindered my grade a little bit. And, and I say that going four and a quarter, hands down best match of the show. But with the way that this match closed, they could have, they were on to something special if it would have started mm-hmm. hotter. I don't fault them because you got to pace yourself at times like this. And man, they worked hard. They worked. So, this was the best Kenny Omega match in the AEW. This was the best Shima match in AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, God, this is good. This is freaking tremendous. I loved how it started with arm drags by both com- uh, combatants. I loved how Kenny Omega early on, and right in the beginning after said arm drags, hit a chop where I'm pretty sure they heard at the Performance Center in Orlando <laughs> uh, um, to, to Shima. I love Shima going for the Meteora every other move because it just made sense. And whew, the knees, the triggers that Kenny Omega would land on, on Shima was amazing. This was a great introduction to American wrestling fans that never watched Dragon Gate, Dragon Gate USA, OWE, uh, you know, DDT, wherever Shima has been over the last couple of years. Hell, he's been on our top 10 wrestlers, you know, list over the last couple of years just because of what he's done with Japanese wrestling integrating into the Chinese territory for wrestling. And now what they're doing with all elite wrestling, man, this brought me back where I said, I got to go watch Shima matches from 2011, 2012, 2013. (laughs) Just imagine what, you know, he could do with some of this other talent here. Um, But him and Omega, I I was expecting and, and it exceeded my expectations because Shima was just on those ropes, on that middle rope, looking to dive, looking to hit a meteor, looking to do something to inflict Kenny Omega to possibly get, you know, a sneaky, you know, uh, modif- modification pin of any sort, which were quite a bit in the final uh, sequences there. Uh, where, yeah, like you said, I, I even put, hit it for a 2.999 with nine exclamations after that statement before the one-winged angel was finally a hit on Shima. Awesome match. Watch this match for sure. Honestly, I know it's not the recognition. This should have been the main event because it's Kenny Omega uh, and and to elevate Shima even more. But, man, this was probably one of the matches of the weekend. Top yeah, three this, for this sure. Was, it was tremendous. This was very good. This was very, very good. Uh God, Shima works so hard. He works so hard. Um, and then we got main event. Young Bucks defeat Cody and Dustin Rhodes. I, uh, I'll i say, so I went three and a half. I'll mm-hmm. say it wasn't, it might not be a three and a half star match, but I give them credit for how hard they worked. And you know I'm a big work ethic guy. So. They're doing something different by both teams. Yeah, I... Like, it wasn't, this was one of the worst Young Bucks matches I've seen in a long time. And, you know, Cody is Cody. You know, hey, he, Dustin he Rose was diving everywhere like he was 27 yeah, Dustin, years old. Like he was in the back of a pickup truck wrestling. <laughs> wrestling Barry Darso, I, 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 right? You know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but that's the thing is like Dustin Rhodes worked his ass off. Cody's Cody. And, the you know, the Bucks did their, their formula. 
But the effort they gave was was way better than the match was, and that's why I was fine going three and a half on it. Like it's not something I'll ever probably go back and watch again, but I give kudos to how hard they worked and what they tried to do, and they told a story, and I was happy with the finish. Um, real quick before Alex jumps in, um, this is the end of the live the live feed will be done in a couple seconds. We will be podcastable. You can hear our DDT take, which unfortunately is going to be on the aftercast. So listen in and enjoy it. We are out on the live aftercast, baby. <laughs> uh, Alex, what do you think of the main event? Um, I mean, I, I'll give them credit for trying to switch up the formulas for both teams. Uh, but Dustin Rhodes was was the true MVP of of this match. You know, I, I get you know they're, the the Jackson brothers aren't trying to hashtag dive. You know, as much uh, you know as as we're prone to seeing them. Uh, but I like how the Bucks were you know heelish AF. You know, if you will, against the 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 Rhodes brothers here. You know, went back and forth. Like you said, Cody was Cody, but Cody was diving. He was doing some fun stuff. Uh, but, you know, it was nice, you know, Nick giving Cody the crossroads, which, you know, is that going to be the adage for every Cody Rhodes match now that he's hit with his own finisher? Because it seems like ever since <laughs> AEW has come about, that's all we've seen. Yeah, I get it. It's only been three shows. Hell, I count all in as well, because let's be real, it's 94% of the people they have now. But, um, you know, the Meltzer driver, was was fine. It was a good way. The Bucks should have won this match. Uh, I'm just happy the Meltzer driver wasn't being held onto for uh, 40 minutes uh, like the Lucha Brothers match um, at oh, Fighter Fest. So I liked how it was uh, nice, quick. It was over. For me, though, it didn't need to go past 30 minutes. Like this, this was something that should have, you know, maybe went 20. 22. Yeah, this I think if long. you would have flipped if you would have flipped the the time for um, Shimo Mega to Bucks uh Rhodes, I would have been far more more happier with that. Because then, you know, it, it would have given more time to Shima and Kenny Omega. You know, this was this is what it was. This was just a long show, you know, kind of at the at the long end of it uh where, you know, hey, good show. AEW, everything's going in the right direction. You know, we got All Out coming out. You know, main event was, hey, like you said, you and I are not going to go back to watch this match, but I guarantee MT we're going to watch Shima and Kenny Omega one or two more times before uh, WrestleCast end of the year 2019 awards. And and the thing with the Bucks and Rhodes, too, is that this isn't a match that was for people like us, I think, to go back and reminisce on. This was, we're getting some new people in, and let's let's try to see if we can hook them. And I just wanted fine. more. I wanted yeah. more. I don't need flips and kicks. Yeah, we got a lot of kicks. But isn't that Cody? Isn't that Cody? Like, literally, like, not, I'm not trying to talk shit. Like, like look at his Darby Allen match. That went to a draw. Look at his stuff with Juice at Wrestle Kingdom. Look yeah. at even his Kenny Omega matches. Look at his match with Dustin, which we loved the match with Dustin. But mm-hmm. his formula is the same. He's a standard Southern style booked wrestling match. And there's nothing wrong with it. But when you get into a situation like, like you just said, Alex, there is times where you are going to want more, but you're just not going to get it. Yeah, God, That's I just wish it would have took. Yeah, 
I, I just wish they would have took six, seven minutes from this match and put it into the main event at All In last year that we were at. Yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah. That was fine for the fall. Overall, following. good show. Good show. Yeah, I went 3.21 by average. Ooh, I forgot to mention this out. earlier. Yeah, just, yeah, 3.2, 3.21. It was like right there. Wait, where'd you get um, Omega Shima? Four and a half? Four and a quarter. Four and a quarter. Four and a quarter. I wow. would I I think their last like fifteen minutes was like four and three quarters edging to five with how fantastic it was. But I thought mm-hmm. the first ten minutes was like a three star special. Which was fine. There's yeah, nothing wrong yeah. with that. Yeah. <laughs> That's Yamato. That's not Shiva. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, the before... <laughs> Yeah, obviously you're talking about a Japanese man with Yamato that wanted me to help him up, not a Chinese guy. <laughs> In Shiva. <laughs> um, I wanted to mention this after we talked uh, Extreme Rules, and I forgot, but I want to bring it up now. Um, the Odu Tournament 2019 uh, first round matches start September 14th, 15th, and 16th, which I believe is a Saturday, Sunday, Monday. 16 man All Japan tournament um, going on. I don't know what it's for, but I have the brackets. And I'm pretty excited for this. Um, have you seen or heard about this tournament going on that we're going to have to aimlessly cover a uh, 16-man tournament? Oh, my night. God. I have, I have not. I'm almost thinking this is going to be one of those Alex makes a four-hour trip up and we just watch this entire weekend because I'm already off to play Borderlands with Cameron this weekend. So I don't. I know for a fact I don't have to work. Um so the we'll start from the right side of the tournament and work our way over. First round matches, we get Gianni Valletta taking on Taishi uh, Takazawa from 2AW. Worst match of the entire card, getting it out of the way. The winner of that will take on the winner of guy you've become a big fan of, Ryoji Sai, who's facing Shuji Ishikawa round one. Um. The wow. other side of that, so I'm assu- I'm going Takazawa taking on Ishikawa is what I'm hoping, but we'll see what happens. The other two matches in this half of the block, we get Yuma Aoyagi taking on Kai, who had one of my favorite matches of the year against Kento Miyahara when I, when I was at Korokin. Um, and the winner of that takes on the winner of the Evolution fight, Suwama and Jake Lee. Ooh. Wow! Really Talk good about old right versus there. new school. Yeah. <laughs> so we could get a we could get a Suwama or Jake Lee against Yuma Aoyagi or Kai match, which could ultimately uh, ultimately lead to the finals being a potential Suwama versus Ishikawa Violent Giants uh, semifinal, which would be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then on the other side of the bracket. Uh, Dylan James taking on Zeus, and the winner of that gets the winner of Naoya Nomura and Sam Adonis. Okay. I'm brought back. Yeah, that's what I said. Brought back to do the tournament. So I'm all for that. If... Now, nothing against Sam Adonis, but if you if you mean to tell me in the corners I can get Nomura versus Zeus, sign me the F up. 
Um, if given time, part- could that be a match of the year candidate, do you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. From what we saw from these guys in the carnival, yep, I'm all on board with that. I just and really hope man- Nomura moves when Zeus, you know, kind of goes for the dive while, while Nomura's sitting in the chairs, you know, on the outside <laughs> there. I really hope he moves and Zeus just oh, whacks all the chairs. And then Zeus gets up and just stands there like it doesn't matter because he's a brick shit out. Straight into the <laughs> By the way, um, All Japan officially VOD'd that last show that had uh, Ryoji Sai versus Zeus. Winner gets me a heart at the end of the month. So I'm going to check that out. I get caught up on the G1. It's the July 10th show on the streaming service. Ah. Um, And then the the final four participants to make up the other two bracket spots. We get Kento Miyahara taking on Joe Doring. Oh, okay. And then the winner of that takes on the winner of Yoshitatsu, who Miyahara just faced. Um, and Yoshitatsu is taking on the freelancer, who's not signed anyone, Jiro Aikamen Kuroshio. Oh! Which means we could have <laughs> Kenzo Miyahara and Jiro Kuroshio Aikamen himself as the quarterfinal match. I said, wow. sign me EF up. So that's why when I mentioned the. Oh, piss. It sounds like Kuroshio might be going to the E. If he's going to the E and he's... Please say he still beats Yoshitatsu. And uh, let me get... Let me get Ice that match. Oh, my God. I want to see that. Oof. Oh, baby. Maybe, maybe so, they'll go the Kota Omeda route. You know, maybe he'll win the first match, like you said, against Yoshitatsu and... Just drop the second match. Please, 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 please. Because I got one of the one of the like the main matches I wanted to see. We got earlier this year when uh, Jiro Eichmann Kuroshio faced Kanosuke Takashita. That was that DDT match I had you watch. That was like the still cam where it was just one camera and the yep. guy wrestled with his jacket the whole time, like the tie dye jacket. That's um, Eichmann. So that that's the guy I want to face. I want to see face Miyahara. So I'm, yeah, I'm really excited for that. <laughs> so, uh, but that's what all Japan is going on beginning of September, middle of September. So, with Ooh. that being said, Alex, we have a giant, giant show to close out. We have four telling me. <laughs> so we have to make sure within these 48 minutes that we nail this as much as possible. Um, 13 matches. One we won't really talk about because Alex didn't watch it, and it was my lowest rated, so it's fine. DDT Wrestling Peter Pan 2019 took place on July 15th. My Now, mind you, fans, I have a, I have a two-and-a-half-star rated match. I have a two-star rated match and a two-and-three-quarter star match. And out of a 13-match average, I'm still at a 3.58. That's how good this show was to me. Your two-and-a-half-star match was Suzuki and Naya? Yuki and Naya? It was not. Wow. I don't know what (laughs) else could be a a two-and-a-two-and-a-half-star match. That's crazy. Start at the top, Kota Umeno, uh, defeating the debuting Kago Nakamura. We've seen it. guys with the name Nakamura be fantastic. Uh, 
let's hope it's another one. I love that they shaved his head and his eyebrows. Cody Umeno, though, comes in. Uh, Umeno wins via soccer kick. Keigo Nakamura looks like a guy who had been wrestling for a couple years and not his first match. Um, I went two and three quarters because it was a guy wrestling his first match and there was some hiccups. But, God, it it makes me just sick that Kota Mena's not wrestling anymore. And and kudos to him for doing what he's doing. But, damn it, this is Kota Mena. Let me ask you this before before you give me your thoughts on the match. If he wasn't essentially retiring, I would argue that if you looked at every company, and, and when I say company, I'm looking at WWE using NXT as a development. I'm mm-hmm. looking at New Japan with the Young Lions. I'm looking at All Japan with their young boys. You know, things like that. Kota Omeno might be the best prospect in all all of pro wrestling. Is that fair? He's the Japanese version of Randy Orton, where he just has a natural ability, natural talent. His kicks, you could oh. hear them probably all the way over at Karukin. Like, it was insane, like, how hard. that He won with a kick, for God's sake, and that was <laughs> right after he kicked him twice and got a tube count. And he was like, you know what? I'm, you're sitting up, so wham. Just kick Pat you right kick to out? the chest. Stupid move. Awesome. Here's another one. <laughs> like, he's a guy where I could say in two years, yeah, him and Brock Lesnar would be an awesome match. Where now I could be like, yeah, him and Takashita would be an amazing match. Him and Tetsuya Endo would be awesome. Oh. Because oh. the way I, I see, you know, Umeda is he's a tweener. He could probably be both your, 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 you know, your baby face, you know, your, your Nomura of, uh, you know, all Japan to, you know, that, that cocky prick of a guy, you know, where, you know, that's like Jake Lee, you know, where it's just like, it's, Ooh, it's I so, like that. you know, so uh, the differences are, are parable, but it's just the ring work and just kind of that charisma that, you know, that he oozes there is just perfect. And it, it bums me out. It, like you were bummed. I'm like, Oh, whatever, you know, but it really bummed me out watching these two matches with him. Just the potential that is just like, on the table. Shit, he's so good. The big, he's what so if good. he's a really a big, what if. Yeah. He's like a guy that shouldn't be this good this fast. It's kind of like, he's very reminiscent to a better level than what we said of Umedo and Narita. He, mm-hmm. to me, feels like Hiromu, where he's a young lion one minute, and then he's arguably the best guy in your company the next. Yeah. And Kota yeah. Umedo just, and he looks, he looks great. His demeanor's fantastic. So, I, I, yeah, I'm with you, man. I hope it's not never say never, but, you well, know, he looks awesome doing, in purple. Yeah, he's got the the velour shorts like David Lemieux when he was boxing Golovkin. Like he just he's just great. Like so, kudos to Omedo. Uh He wins via soccer kick. Fantastic. Uh, and look at the match he brought a guy like Kago Nakamura who had never had an actual match before. Like dude, you could argue that was a three star three star match. Like mm-hmm. it was it was fun, man. And he just beats him with a disgusting camel clutch. Uh, like uh, I mean, he like looked like he was he was gonna rip his head off like it was a it was a, a can, <laughs> like it was like a can opener. He's like, all right, I'm just gonna tear your head off. And the guy's like, all right, oh. I'm done. Okay, thank you. 
Um, second match tonight, we get the Bakaritsu sisters, Nidoki Tenma and Yuki Aino, uh, teaming with Rika Tatsumi, taking on Himawari Unagi, Natsumi Maki, and Yuna Manase. Uh, this is the Tokyo Joshi Pro special. A lot of people have gone about three and a half. I went two stars. I just couldn't get into this. I like the Bakaretsu sisters, uh, Tenma and Aino. They were fantastic when I saw them at Korokin. Mm-hmm. But something just didn't get with me, and I don't know what it was. I went two stars. Like I said, Tenma gets the victory for the team. You didn't watch it. That's probably for the best. We can move on. Um, like I said, you know, there's there's a lot of people that are giving it good thoughts. Um, and, and I will say the Steinerizer from the Bakaretsu sisters and, and the huge top rope knee from Rika was, was really entertaining. But uh, it just it was what it was. <laughs> now we move into the real show, and my God, this show is probably match of the year, show of the year right now for me. Uh, we start out six man tag to kick the show off. The all out tandem of a guy that I've been saying to you, I'm so glad is healthy, Shinma Katsumata and his cool star eye makeup with Yuki Ino and Mizuki Watase. Defeat the team of Yuki Ueno, Naomi Yoshimura, the Midwest Special, and Damnation's own Nobuhiro Shibatami. Yeah. He was in the match. Uh, Ino gets the spear on Shibatami. Alex, I went three and three quarters. I thought this was freaking awesome. God, it. this is a great match. And and this is what you do when you got a long show, and you, gotta, and you say, all right, we got to make sure we make this count. And this is the this is the six man bomb you drop. Great booking for Takagi. I I endorse this. You, you loved it. It sounds like Yuki Ueno. I mean, I apologize for butchering his name, but that guy, that's money. I mean, it, it sucks that we're losing, you know, uh, Koto Omeda, but I, I I think Yuki Ueno, that's your future. That guy is is a red hot baby face. That guy can yeah, move. Box, that guy sure. could take a beating. Um, but all six guys, I, I think, worked really well. Um, you know, Yuki Ieno, uh, you know, the, the mustachioed gentleman or the mustachio brick shithouse, as I have in my notes, uh, you know, kind of <laughs> being in, you know, he was pretty much the, the focal point of the last five minutes of the match. But he was nice. He was big and strong. He was taking on the little dude, uh, which uh, was. Uh, 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 Noble Hero, I believe, right? Yep, um, yeah, so, so I mean, I, I love, you know, David versus Goliath. Then Spear to end it, you know, at the end. Really, really good opener. Six-man tag. Um, and I was like, okay, what else do we have here? Oh, yeah, Okoto Umeda, part two. <laughs> yeah! Um, Alex, I went four stars on this match. Um we got to see Kazusada Higuchi, a guy that I've been clamoring for for about the last year. I am all aboard the Higuchi train. Tagging with Kyoto <laughs> Nakatsu, who's having a hell of a year for Inbasara. High flyer, man. Uh, which, I, which I spoiled um, for you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but Kyoto Nakatsu, I, I think he's going to be the guy that beats Asami Kadoka in Basara. But they defeat the team of Cody Umeda and the Ganbar Wrestling. Uh, one of their stars, Koki Izuka. Like I said, I went four stars. This match was tremendous. Uh, Higuchi hits this powerbomb choke slam 
experience on Kono Omeda to get the victory. I immediately said that might be one of my favorite finishers in all of wrestling, and that was the first time I saw it. But when he had him up there, and I'm going, what the hell is he doing? And then he transitioned to the choke slam. I said, sign me the F up. That was fantastic. That's the kind of finishing move you give a guy that you're pushing the rest of the year. Um, four stars. <laughs> One of, like this was one of my favorite matches of the whole weekend. What did you think of this match? Um, as I texted you, tight match. Hoguchi should be champ with that finisher. Yeah, he was gassed like the warrior, Ultimate Warrior after about six minutes, but that's because Kodo made a kicking the living shit out of him, round the house or just basic kicks. Um, I uh, this was a hard hitting ass match, and you can't ask for anything better. This was your strong style New Japan tag match, if you ever could say that on a DDT level. Um, but no, all, all three of these guys, I mean, were freaking awesome. I mean, you had uh, uh, Nakatsu, again, the high flyer of the match, the twisting dive. On that on that sequence and the wheelbarrow bulldog from the top on Omeda was crazy and you know Omeda just going out you know yeah taking the fall but going out like a champ of course taking that crazy finisher from uh, uh, from Hoguchi <laughs> I mean I don't know if it was my racist autocorrect that uh, kept trying to spell uh, Iwasaki into uh, you know uh, Iwasaki. Um, that aside, this this was just a great tag match. Uh, DDT, you know, pro just ah, oh, God bless them. I I loved loved this show. And what I thought was cool is, is all four guys they they advertise this too. Um, these are all DNA guys, which is essentially DDT's version of NXT. So they all kind of came. Is that up still together. around then, or? Um, I haven't seen much of it. I just. New, I, I've heard about it, so I probably I love the, the bowing at the mm-hmm. end, the respect you know that they all had, you know, before Omeda kind of doing a curtain call before his final date, uh, I believe on July twenty first. And it, and it's oh god, yeah, Sunday Sunday we get the Brooks title match and we get the Joey Ryan tag title match with uh, um, Yamato as his partner. Um, <laughs> but it's it's just it's one of those things where. They did it right, and for anybody who's got DDT Universe like we watch this on, um, you could see Koki Iwasaki in Ganbar, which is a sub-brand for DDT, which is on the streaming service, which we should maybe, you know, maybe it's something we check out a little more. I've been a little nonchalant on Ganbar, I'll admit that. But uh, Ryota Nakatsu, he's on Basara, which is another subsidiary yeah. For DDT, it's on the streaming service. For people who like Asami Kadoka, he's he's champion proprietor there. So check out some Ryota Nakatsu. And I need to do my due diligence and watch some more Koki Iwasaki because they looked really good. And it's it was another great job by them to put some new talent on their board. And it shows once again that DDT is arguably second or third with Dragon Gate behind New Japan. And they really stepped that up later in the show, which I had to do some translating, but I got some great, great talkers, depending what you uh, what you got to see, Alex, where I can't wait your reaction if you haven't read about it. But uh, Ooh. Um, fifth match on this show, which was 
awesomely worked. Best women's match of the weekend for these shows. Yeah. Yoshiko, via top rope senton after not getting it done from the middle rope, defeats Saki Akai. I went three and a half. Yoshiko is one of the most brutal women wrestlers I've ever <laughs> seen. She's involved in the act Yasukawa, uh, Yoshiko, stardom, crazy match that turned people off. That was a shoot fight. Um, she's the one who won the shoot fight and got kicked out of the company, you could almost say, because she took it to a new level. But, uh, you know, she came in, I uh, believe she's Sendai Girl champion. Um, but don't quote me on that. I know she had she had some strap with her. I thought it was Sendai. Um, but, man, this match rocked. This was awesome. What did you think of this uh, this women's match? I mean, Yoshiko is... She's the brutal force. She's that heel Joshi. That's not your your awesome, uh, you know, your awesome Kong or your Aja Kong. This is just like you said, a, a woman who's going to win a shoot fight that will beat the living hell out of you. And Saka Akai, you know, rest her soul. You know, God rest her whatever. She took the beating. She got up. She tried to, you know, do whatever she could, kicks or whatnot, uh, but but it didn't matter. Yoshiko, headbutt, kicks, chops, whatever you want to do, she she was there. Uh, she delivers some of the best headbutts I, I think I've seen in the business. Lariat as well, uh, a little homage to the Stone Pitbull, which she kind of has a little bit of that. And Greg Hammer Valentine in her, um, you know, with, with that sliding, with that sliding lariat. Uh, again, homage to Ishii there. But uh, yeah, I, I loved the brutality that she put on Saki Akai. Uh, yeah, Saki Akai is an iron, you know, uh, heavy metal iron weight, whatever the hell awesome championship that's called. But uh, uh, this was Yoshiko's night, and I don't think anyone's beating her anytime soon, unless that person is Asuka. And a tube. Yeah. Uh, kudos to, and this is another thing I like about these these Peter Pan shows, is they're not afraid to bring outside talent in and have outside talent win. We saw Marafuji beat Endo last year. We saw Yoshiko defeating Saki Akai this year. Um, you know, we, we get a Hideki Suzuki match that we kind of knew the outcome on that. So DDT is not afraid to bring in talent to draw and have them go over their own talent. So I give them credit for that. Could you ever also, see a Zeus or a Miyahara come in into one of these then? Or I I can always hope, but I don't know. Too big of a company? Yeah, I mean, and there's some crazy stuff that happened later too that I wasn't expecting. But I don't think it'll ever happen, no. Okay. Um, I, but I would love it, man. You you want to give me Miyahara versus Endo or Takashita? Let's, let's yeah. go. Yeah. F up. Um, but Saki Akai nailed the Quetzalcoatl and that's that that um like Lamahistral front front foot power bomb thing she does. Yeah. Nobody has ever kicked out of it, but they had Yoshiko not kick out, but she got the rope. So great falsy with that. And then Yoshiko flips everyone off post match, which was awesome. <laughs> but, then we get the DDT Extreme title upon light tube deathmatch, Akito defeating Asuka. Rules to this match, regular pinfall submission, etc. apply. If you break the single light tube, as we talked about, it was a one light tube death match. You lose if you break it. If both are touching and it breaks, the one on the offense loses. 
And if the tube is on the mat and you throw them on it, refer to rule number two, which is if you break it uh, and touch it, you lose. So the one thrown loses the match. Uh, I'll go right out and say it. And I've thought about if I'm crazy, but I, something about this match just resonated in a different a different spectrum with me that I've never given and my thoughts came off differently. I th- Alex, I think this is my Say match it. of the year. Say yeah. yeah. I went five stars. I think this is the best match I've seen in 2019. I had Osprey Archer before that. I had Osprey and Shingo, but this was the first match. Like obviously Osprey and Archer. I was, telling you I was sitting on the ground and I was marking and cheering, but this is the first match I've ever been awestruck in years over. Oh my God. The story they're telling is the most incredible thing I've ever seen in a professional wrestling ring. And it doesn't even involve the wrestlers. It involves the prop that's in the match. That got its own entrance. It got its own freaking entrance. I mean, and, and the way that they, they teased everything and the way that they used it and the fact that there was opportunities that it should have broken, it didn't break to get a crowd pop. Oh, there was God, yeah. false finishes on an inanimate object. The light tube had false finishes. <laughs> when they strapped the light up to the rope, but they did it backwards, in which Aquino hit the rope, but it didn't break because it was on the outside, not on the inside, and everybody stopped and panicked. Like, this was just incredible. Asuka throwing the moonsault to break it over Aquino, but he got up, so oh. she landed on her Head. Um, and then he's hitting her with suplexes and slams, but she's maneuvering her body to yep. not let the light tube touch. I, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know how to not clamor so much over this. I even tweeted at John Carroll, who does wrestling on Mikasa, like, am I crazy that I think this is the best match I've seen all year? And he said, no. And this is a guy who goes to, goes to Japan multiple times a year to cover DDT. Wow, um, lucky, lucky guy. It's just it, it, something about this match. I watched it when I was done. Like when I finished watching that match, um, I called Jordan up and I was like, "Bro, I need you to watch something for me because this Bro. was the greatest thing you've seen all year." And I don't want to text anything to Alex because he hasn't watched it yet. But I like I literally like, dude. I think this is my match of the year. And, and the finish where she's throwing the kicks, but then she stops because she doesn't want to break it. And then she goes into a sequence to yep. which Aquino holds the light bulb up to his own head. And she kicks it and then realizes she lost the match as he's dazed because he just got a light tube kicked into his head. But doesn't matter. He tricked her and, she, and he won. This Alex, I think this is my match of the year, man. I really do. I went five stars. I, I really did. The creativity that oh, these yeah. two wrestlers put into this match. Yeah, I mean, in, in all honesty, it's a comedy match. It's like, oh, what are they going to do? You know, How are they not going to break this tube? The tube had its own entrance, an entrance theme, for God's sakes. <laughs> but they made every spot matter. And that's just, it was just simple, effective storytelling on the most absurd type of a match that you can have but when you're you know doing everything and anything in your power 
to not hit a specialty move on your opponent because that person is holding the tube. It's insane. When you get bridged into a German suplex, but you're holding up the tube so it doesn't break, it's insane. When, you know, like you were saying, when uh, Asuka, you know, springboards off ropes but totally missed the tube because she stretched her legs out to nail Akita was amazing. Yeah, there was a minimal wrestling, but that's because, again, the whole aspect was don't break the tube. It's like the whole egg on a spoon, you know, kind of race that you usually have. Or, you know, the, you know, uh, oh, you're watching a baby in high school, you know, don't. Or a Tamagotchi, if you will, you know, where you oh, you can't let it die. You can't let that light tube break. And for it to end because Asuka, you know, is, is trying to do any and everything to win you know, the, the extreme championship from, from Akito where she just kicks the living shit out of it, you know, <laughs> out of Akito. But what's smart about that, about that there is the setup for that spot. Akito gets Asuka off the top rope into a muscle buster where he's about to, you know, essentially throw Asuka towards the tube, but she catches herself. Then Okito grabs the tube towards him as she catches herself and goes for the kick. So it was all poetry emotion for that oh, setup. So good. So it was just like, what? <laughs> like I wanted it to go on longer because I was like, wait, that that's it. Because I was like, what else can they do? Kudos to both these wrestlers for utilizing the creativity. I don't know how much t- Takagi has with the input in these matches, or if he lets these wrestlers kind of book their own, which, you know, would not surprise me, but the bevy of moves to be utilized by both these wrestlers over the tube was awesome. We saw an X factor by Asuka, but doesn't touch the tube. Like it's yeah, insane. A you know, grabs the tube uh, and Asuka stops her kick midway, mid swing. She stops it. Awesome match. Awesome. It's it's just like, am I crazy that I think this is the best match I've watched all year? No, because it was different and and it was effective and it was a a clear cut story. Again, it's as absurd as it is. It just worked because it was like life and death. It was like holding a grenade and the pin and saying, "I cannot drop." Mm-hmm. That's a, and, and a, that's a great, great-ass analogy. And a lot of it resonates off of the vice land that we keep talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, even somebody like, you know, as somebody who's seen more of it, where you came in going, Ryan, that vice land turned me into the, you know, quote, Adam Cole take, where I get it now. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. with you and I'm all about this company, you know, and we shake hands and we go forward together as, as giant fans. This mm-hmm. still made me this put me in the boat you were in and this is coming from somebody who's been a a regular for two two plus years now where i just i couldn't i couldn't get over the fact that they thought of it like it's not even what the match wasn't how perfect it was there's nothing there was no botches nothing it Mm. was worked but it blows my mind how they even thought of this like, how do you even come up with that shit? Like, I'm watching it going, this just doesn't stop blowing my mind. It, oh, mm-hmm. it's so good. Oh, it's great. Even in the beginning, 
where, you know, they, they placed the tube on, you know, the side of the ring onto the ropes. And as simple as an Irish whip, safe combatants, and they just stop and like, oh, you know, where it's just like, it can't end already. I mean, I, you know. Safe. Yeah. Remember they kept doing that? Safe. And the crowd yes. was with them. Safe. I was just confused on why uh, Kiego uh, from the opening match uh, against uh, Umeda, why they were showing how to use a baseball bat before uh, Asuka and Akito came out. I love that you brought that up. So the whole point of uh, Kego Nakamura getting beat up with that, um, I can't remember who was with them. They were showing you the, the ways that you could hit somebody with a light tube in this match. But with a bat. They used a rubber bat, but it wasn't a real break. <laughs> and that's just DDT being extra to be extra, which is what I love. Yeah, Akito, um, the streamers galore, that was awesome to see kind of before the match. But Akito keeps the DDT Extreme Championship. Uh, I'm I'm all for it again. You know, regular match or two light tube matches. Um, sign me up. This was amazing. This was just, you know, a prelude to, you know, kind of uh, the craziness that we would see later on. But the emotion in this in this match was, was just amazing to watch. So then we go to the time difference battle royal for the Iron Heavy Middleweight Championship. I went four and a quarter on this bitch, man, and I never Whoa. do that. So Lucky Akeda comes in, defeating Toruashi in the locker room. Yeah. To become your new champion, uh, coming in for the Iron Heavy Middleweight title. Then, uh, second person in is uh, Gorgeous Matsuno. He gets in there. And then comes the guy. Yeah, but he just fell and they stared at each other, so they blamed him for moving. They were doing their best Orange Cassidy, is what I put up my notes. They were both doing their their best homage. Then we get the tandem of. Tomomitsu Matsunaga, Pokotan, yep. Makoto Ishii, and uh, my homie, and I say that because he sent me a DM back, uh, Kazuki Hirata comes out giving their Magnum Tokyo, Tokyo! I love my favorite entrance in wrestling. I want to see you go, Alex. I want to see you go. Hirata comes out on a freaking uh, hoverboard, dancing around. We get the whole dance entrance, to which... Gorgeous Matsuda rolls up Akita at the end of it is becomes the new champion, only to have Matsuda <laughs> up and become the new champion. So we've had two more title changes. Um, Mad Polly comes out, cleans house, hits a Vader bottom on Matsunaga, and now he yep. is the new champion. Um, then we see uh, Yuki Kamafuku come out, and she's doing her old McDonald. She's uh, God bless Yuki Kamafuku, by the way. Uh, yeah. She is she's a tremendous performer. Hint, hint. Um, <laughs> and then, so Girl Chan comes out, begins to try to lick her knee jerk. So Yuki Osakaguchi now, who I'm still pissed cut his hair, comes out to his Kill Bill theme, pissed off, and starts kicking the shit out of Girl Chan. Um, so now this is going on. Um, we now have uh, Kazuki Hirata who rolls up Mad Polly in the midst of the confusion with an assist <laughs> to Yuki Kaguchi who kicks him. And now Hirata is the new champion. Joey Ryan's on his way to the ring. 
Um, he he hits uh, Kiro Chan with the sucker after the the dick flip, uh, knocking him out of the ring. To which then uh, he gets Yuki or uh, Yuki Kamafuku uh, to grab his junk, which we all wish happened. And everybody immediately runs over to grab Kamafuku's arm and pull her off of his junk. It doesn't happen because <laughs> everyone's attached. And here comes Hiroshi Yamato to yes. save the day, but getting in the ring, he just starts singing a song, which made me laugh hysterically as they're looking at him like, we need your help. And he's like, I'm a lounge singer. And just goes about his business. <laughs> tremendous. Just tremendous. Um, that all happens. Then Kamafuku gets a, gets a sucker. She goes out of the ring from that. Toro Washi now comes out as this is all going on. He's cleaning house, knocks Pokotan's uh, head off, yep. which is wearing a, a Washi mask, and the two start dancing together in confusion. <laughs> <laughs> this is going on. Koshinak, New Japan alumni com- alumnus comes out. He starts throwing hip attacks everywhere. Um, was that now, old, old karate kid? Yep, yep, yep. Sure. He's the one who like invented the hip attack. <laughs> so he's okay. out there. Tony O'Hanna <laughs> now comes out the business and he's ready to go. Trips falling in the ring. He quick stops, gives his Take story as normal. Starts eye poking everyone. Harada now has Shiro Koshinaka like, I got him, bro. You got to do it. He goes, look, I can't. Koshinaka's too I strong. I can do it. A team of Avengers to the media. I love it. Which uh, Owashi, Makoto Oishi, Hiroshi Yamato, uh, Joey Ryan, the play by play commentator, the ring announcer, and Yukio Sakaguchi, who now wants in, but Kazuki Harada gets picked over him, to which Sakaguchi is pissed off. He wanted it so can't... bad. Please, so bad. Please. He was like, me, me. I was so Harada because. <laughs> Yeah, and you never see a guy like that doing that. Um, they go over to do the Avenger eye poke. Koshinaka hip attacks him. We, we see uh, Pokotan, Makoto Ishii, uh, Hiroshi Yamato, and Joey Ryan all be eliminated from that. Now we have Antonio Honda, Toro Washi on the apron. <laughs> Yukio Sakaguchi knocks Shiro Koshinaka on the apron. As he runs to kick him off, Kazuki Hirata does his sword slash chop attack to take all three of them out. Mm-hmm. Pisses off Sakaguchi, who now hits a huge knee strike to Hirata, defeats him, uh, and is your new champion after we had uh, six title changes in that match. Oh no, Yukio Sakaguchi, before that amazing running knee, literally soul punches, uh, you know, uh, Hirata. Literally punched his spirit out of his body, and then he hits the running knee. Ryan, a year ago when you showed me Peter Pan, I, I kept texting, what the hell are you making me watch? I called you, what the hell are you making me watch? Who's the gorgeous Matt Sano? What, what's going on? I hate you. What are you making me watch? I reveled every goddamn second of this match. I loved this battle royal. I was confused. With the Antonio Honda thing, the Avengers were assembled and were totally defeated. <laughs> I I popped so hard because Sakuchi 
totally wanted in, but good thing he didn't because he ended up getting uh, the 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 Iron Man Heavyweight Championship to to end it all. Even though someone tried taking it from him after uh, they were posing with the title and some merch, not really sure who that was. Sakaguchi just said, "Shut that noise down." Uh, you know, as he knocked him the hell out. Um, dude, this was amazing. The dick flip from Joey Ryan part was awesome just because, again, it took out nine dudes. <laughs> like, <laughs> old karate kid just taking out everybody. But Sakaguchi punching the soul out of her was just <laughs> an awesome spot. <laughs> yeah! And I was like, oh! my god uh thank you for for ddt ryan uh watch, watch all of this watch it all and we didn't even get to my least favorite wrestler of 2018 super saka dango machine because i'm gonna blow your blow your mind even more i i i i love this review that i randomly pulled up just as like cliff notes aside from my uh my rating, but it says Antonio Honda, the best wrestler in the world, came out to tell his gone the fox story, which is his blah, 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 blah thing. Honda yeah. got most of the feet with his fox in the eyes, but Koshinaka avoided it. Honda then called for the Avengers to assemble, and they actually played the Avengers theme. Yeah. Everybody, including the ring announcers, except for Yukio Sakaguchi, is called to assemble and create a gone the fox of their own. It's just so funny. And it, Koshinaka avoids the giant mismatch of foxes, though, and Sakaguchi, angry being left out of the assemble call, ran rampant on the field and won the match. <laughs> and oh then some God. random sponsor guys throw Sakaguchi up for the belt, but gets his ass kicked. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Oh, man. I love it. Uh, then we get... Um, the first of the the export coming in great matches, uh, Hideki Suzuki beats the shit out of Yukio Naya. Um, I went through, <laughs> hey, he got some went, strikes in there. Naya he did. did. He, um, there was a couple points where he looked distraught, not knowing what to do because he was getting his ass beat. Yeah. But uh, that I've been wanting Alex to get into. Uh, Suzuki wins via submission. I went three stars. Um, I thought it was exactly what it should be. He praises Naya after the match. What did you think of this match? I love Suzuki throwing the chairs while Naya was on the ground on the outside. Um, <laughs> he was just like, screw this. Just like multiple chairs at him at once. Uh, like I said, Naya, I, I, you know, I thought he had a fighting chance in the beginning. Shoulder block, taking out uh, Suzuki there. But yeah, Suzuki dominated it. Uh, you know, it, it was what it was. Quick match. Let's move on because we got a lot to talk about still. Uh, Chris Brooks and Masahiro Takanashi taking on Moonlight Express. Mao and uh, Speedball Mike Bailey in one of the best tag matches of the night. Yes, I am saying that because it is true. Woo! My God. I would turn three quarters, man. Mike Bailey. I would turn three quarters. I know Miles going to take him out because Mike Bailey's missing backward double knees like it's uh, going out of business there. Uh, but Chris Brooks just looks at home with DDT. Yeah. Takanashi, you know, as much as an odd pairing as it was, uh, they worked as a team. I, I thought it was pretty awesome. Hell, they even get the win over Moonlight Express. Uh, you know, Taka kicking um, – uh, uh, 
God, who was it? Was it Mao? Um, yeah, yeah it was a mile. Kicks him right as uh, Brooks has him in for that pile driver. So, uh, great, great match. What did you think there? Yeah, uh, super kick into a praying mantis bomb gets the victory for him. Um, it sounds like Brooks and Takadashi are going to be a pairing since they moved Sakaguchi away from him, getting rid of shooting Doji. Um, they're going, obviously, we know the Calamari Catch Kings. Um, CCK is the Chris Burke special They're keeping it semi the same Um, They're being called the Calamari Drunk King CDK So they're keeping (laughs) it in the teeth (laughs) Interesting Uh, And and it's great Because Chris Brooks gets the victory over a guy like Mao who's got a huge match With uh, Jiro uh, Eichmann Kuroshio on the 21st he beats him going into that match because he has that uh, KOD title match at Corican as well. So Brooks looks strong going into it. Yeah. Uh, fantastic match, three and three quarters, man. But then making fun of the short-lived U30, under 30 New Japan title, the inaugural 040, over 40 title weapon <laughs> rubble decision match, <laughs> Sanshiro Takagi defeats Super Sasa Dango Machine. I'm going to just run through this real quick with everything that happened. And then I want Alex, I want you to to give your thoughts here, but I'm just going to run through this quick. So immediately to start the match, Super Sasa Dago Machine brings out the one and only uh, Kiro Kiro Tanaka, I believe is is his last name. Is that who that is? He is a uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, ring announcer, which is why everybody like, oh my God. So then when he was calling the match and dogging Takagi, Takagi was so yeah. distraught. Damn, New Japan is dogging me. So I thought that was tremendous way to, to try to confuse him. To which Shinshiro Takagi brings out TLC. It's one <laughs> name, so he gets, away with it. he gets tables, ladders, and chairs. Fight breaks out. Sasadango brings out the DDT ring doctor who gives him a blood, blood. Uh, blood check. He's getting weak by it He overcomes it But then arm work comes into play Which is F-wording fantastic On top of that Um, They fight that off Uh, Then we get um, uh, uh, We get uh, uh, Miyako Matsumoto Um, She's an ice ribbon uh, Worker She's a huge like Big time like former wrestler. Uh, she comes in, starts trying to work over Sasadango machine. Doesn't get the full effect. Sasadango no. is bringing back Kiro-chan, who begins... A cannibal. There's a yeah, cannibal on the show, Ryan. Disgusting. This is the second time he's gone after a woman's knee. So we saw that. Oh, he bit her. Going back to Old Faithful brings the plastics out. We knew what was going to happen with that. Yep. Uh, Sasadango counters with a second Sasadango machine only to become Hideki <laughs> Suzuki. Oh, by Suzuki, night. yeah. It was awesome. Um, Takagi obviously had to come back and use something that he could um, that worked last year against Mao. He brings up a callback to it, revealing Sasadango's phone number, to which everyone freaked out. But tonight, the DDT graphic designer revolted and decided that he's showing Takagi's phone number instead, saying that he needed to respect his employees more, which now backfired on Takagi. Not sure how many people. <laughs> On that, but I marked out hard. Sasadango Takaki got a backdrop on those plastic bins as well, which also bit him in the ass. 
And he was he was like busted from that. Like he looked yeah. like hell after that. Could call on that. And and those things look brutal falling on those things. Like I wouldn't want to take that. Like no. I mean you can what you want. Um Takago's final weapon then is a PowerPoint. PowerPoint. Uh Dongo said that he knew that Takagi was gonna retire and that his final weapon had to be this this glorified retort retirement video. So he must defeat him before he can play that. Um, so now he's going into the closing stretch. He's ready to beat him, put him through the plastic boxes. And then the timer goes off, and we get an important announcement. The crowd freaks out. Yep. And was it Nagi going to retire? No. He announces that next year, Peter Pan on July 7th will take place at the over 20,000-seat Saitama Super Arena. The people go nuts. Sasadango is losing his mind that he can compete at the Saitama, and he gets electric chaired through the boxes. Um, he loses, and it is officially over. Three count goes to uh, uh, Sanshiro Takagi, which we then we get this. We will return to Saitama in 2020. Um, he says to Tanaka, Kirosan, what tier does that make us? The New Japan announcer. He comes back with, I don't agree with this tweet. Making someone laugh is very difficult. I think Inoki has an opinion too. You are definitely first tier. Takagi-san, please fill Saitama Super Arena. It isn't interesting if New Japan is the only winner in the industry, to which everybody laughed of. Takagi then says, thank you, Kiro-san. Can I ask a favor? Can you ring announce at Saitama Super Arena, to which Kiro says, you got it. I will be the ring announcer at the Saitama Superdome, to which everybody pops for. So we take this basic match, and we turn an angle for next year's WrestleMania out of it with the New Japan ring announcer and uh, Sanshiro Takagi getting the W. I went four stars. I loved every minute of it because of the symbolism that took place with the whole wrestle of Peter Pan next year and, and just everything about it. Hell of a story told with each of the weapons. I love the Joshi. I love the doctor. But Kirochan, when he ate uh, Kirill Tanaka and he died in the ring, thus to be reborn to say that he will be at next year's Peter Pan was amazing. I love this setup. I watched the PowerPoint. Shout out to the buzzsaw to Jerry getting that tweet, uh, you know, kind of out there. It was awesome. God bless. We got three more matches, a couple more minutes. We get, uh, you know, the dramatic dream match, MMA uh, superstar Shinye Iyoki taking on then Shaku Dieno. Um, four rounds this goes. Two rounds included Disney music, a Japanese version of uh, Be Our Guest or Beauty, oh no, Beauty and the Beast. The fourth, uh, or I should say the second one in the fourth round was uh, a whole new world where they danced with each other. The first time Dino trying to, you know, get into the mouth and the pants of Aoki, which unfortunately he did. Um, but finally, Aoki turning the tables in round four uh, to essentially, you know, kind of kissing Dino right there and then going for the arm bar into the sleeper hold as Disney is being played beautifully in the background. Uh, Aoki kissing Dino touches the rope, oh, tries to touch the rope, but falls. End of match. I appreciated the Disney songs, homoeroticism. Aoki gets it. He, 
I wasn't expecting him to go where he was going to go. Hell, we saw him get penetrated, Ryan. Yes, we saw Aoki get penetrated by by Dino there. But this was a beautiful match, whatever the hell it was. What are your thoughts? Real quick, real quick rules were 10 three-minute rounds. The odd round is near MMA rules with very strict officiating, but the even rounds involved courtship, which is why the even rounds, Dino knew he had an opportunity to be sexual with him, um, and it backfired and he lost. Um, it did backfire. I, I went two and a half on it, and I didn't mean that as a bad thing. It just it didn't. It was really entertaining, and I love the whole new world. I love him dancing and trying to the the courtship and trying to make it work. And Aoki overcame it, but it was it was just after how much I was excited about the last match. Like Takagi says to Dango, "Thank you, Dango, for putting up with such stupid shit. It means a lot to us that in our forties we pulled this off." You know, like things like that. Like that was just so much better. But it was it was great for what it was. Um, but as you mentioned, we need to speed up. Damnation, Daisuke Sasaki and Soma Takao defeat the team of Urashima, which is Yasu, Orano, oh. and Arashima. This match was fantastic. It was um, great. Started slow, uh, but picked the hell up. Yeah, oh my god, the end of it. Um, uh, Takao hits a vertebraker on Urano, and this is after they hit that elevated pedigree um, bitter end type finish or dead eye type finish. Like, they killed Urano. Um, Urano has been working a lot of Basara along with uh, Nakata. Okay. So he, he that's why he hasn't been around as much, but Hiroshima is fantastic. Great Him match. Him and Soma uh, were awesome. Yoso, Urano, and Soma Takao, awesome. These two were great in this match here. Yeah, I mean they 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 they're making Soma Takao something special and I I'm really excited to see where they go with him. We got under 2 minutes left. Tetsuya Endo. Take it away. I this this feels a lot like Okada Tanahashi where Endo cannot beat Takashita at the big one. Okada lost twice to Tanahashi. Third time was a charm. 2017-2019, Endo loses to Takashita. One time came in as champion this time, or, and before came in as challenger. Um, Takashita defeats him, um, and it was beautiful. After all the crazy sequences, which you can watch and see, he beats him with a basic high-elevated Boston Crab. Endo just finally couldn't take anymore. I went four and three quarters, one of the best matches of the year. Um, Takashita, once again, continuing crazy moves from the top rope, elevated, Endo having uh, Shimatami take off the ring. The ring pad backfires on him twice, costs him the match. The final sequences between the, the Canadian Destroyer and then the Straight Jacket oh. Destroyer, Nagashita kick out. Oh. Um, as the snap chatted me of Endo just dying but not quitting, saying, how is this not the finish? These guys <laughs> everything they had out there to make this work to the point that they literally couldn't pin the other person, so Takashita just stretched the shit out of him until he couldn't do any more. It was fantastic. Just fantastic. I wish we could get more time on it, but we got 30 seconds. <laughs> Best DDT match of the year. This whole show, fantastic. As we said before coming to America, WrestleMania weekend, show of the year, I would say Peter Pan has 3. overtaken. 3.63 for me. 3.63, and that's with 13 matches, guys. Just Six tremendous. hours and 50 minutes for this show, but it's all worth it. We will catch you tomorrow afternoon. G1 nights two through four. Come listen. Have a good one. We out.
Deuce.